Is this the uh, opening theme for Mission Impossible? <laughs> yeah. They have to make part two of that, right? I mean, I, you know, after watching the movie, I can see where people would be angry at the movie and not want to see it over again because it's not a self-contained movie in itself. Right. And it leaves you just like hanging, really, literally. And, uh, and it's just like, wait a minute. What this, it's not even like Star Wars. It's not even like a New Hope, Empire Strikes Back type ending where it's like, it's just like it ends and you're like, huh? Well, look at uh, look at Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings did that. The, the yeah, first Lord one of the where Rings they are take... three self-contained books. This is this is just random like stuff. So <laughs> you know what's happening. At least in those books, you knew you know what was gonna what was coming. I didn't know. Well, that's true. If you never read it before, or you never—I mean, back in the day, the books know. came out first. So, I, am I am I getting the impression that you didn't like this? No, I'm not saying I didn't like oh, okay. it, but I'm just saying though I can see where people would be like, I'm not going to go see it again. Like, it's just not—it's—it's it's not a Maverick. It's not the Top Gun where it's got like a conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I enjoyed it. I'm not no, I enjoyed it too. I'm ashamed. I'm not ashamed to admit that I enjoyed it. I mean, I'll tell you one thing. It's a far cry from something like, uh, like uh, I finally saw, I finally saw the Flash, the whole thing. Oh boy! <laughs> it, it's a far cry from bad CGI, oh. like a movie almost entirely devoid of real people and just it's just pure CGI compared yeah. with this, which has a lot of practical effect in there. You see Tom Cruise flying around. <laughs> you see his face being, you know, you know, he's like <laughs> like skydiving. <laughs> That's crazy, but uh, yeah, it, there's something special about practical effect and doing it yourself. Uh, this is Bevon. I'm Leonard. Yeah, I'm Gregory. And of course, we're talking about the new Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One. Well, it, technically, yeah, technically, they they removed that from the uh, Prime. I don't know if you know. I wonder that. why. Yeah, I wonder why. I almost feel like they're like, uh oh, there might not be a second part. Even though they, even though I was reading in the wiki that there's is supposedly part two. Of course, there is. It's Tom yeah. Cruise. Yeah, man. Right. If you don't, if you don't make a part two on this, you might be done. Right? It might be the the era of the. Uh, of Tom Cruise might be over. He's not. It's not. I, I'm. That's a far cry. I mean, this movie was enjoyable. Uh, no, tons it was. Of action. But it's just, yeah, but, oh, no, the other thing, it's it's almost like three hours long. Yeah, two need to be that long. or something like that. It's, man. Yeah. yeah, there's a couple of what, what that's. I'm calling these long chase scenes kind of like pod race. The pod racer. They're like pod, the pod racer scenes. I mean, it's oh, too yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple yeah. of pod racing moments. Even that in that little car is like a little pod racer. He's <laughs> in that little, oh, the little, that little... The, uh, was that Fiat or something like that? <laughs> I, I gotta admit, the, the joke racer. on that is funny because you see this cool looking car. It's like a gray, it's like a grayish green car, and you're like, ooh, like that's that's cool. And then he pulls up the little Fiat. <laughs> uh so we got Mission Impossible. We got uh the 20th anniversary of uh, guess the 20th anniversary of uh, Morrissey's You Are the Quarry. We could talk about that a little bit. Uh, the Anthony Bourdain, the, the very sad uh, and poignant Anthony Bourdain book, Kitchen Confidential, and uh, and I think I, I guess to as a pairing to that, we're doing uh, the Bear. Oh yeah, right. I feel like the Bear copied. Uh, it took stuff from the uh, that book, the Kitchen, <laughs> Kitchen Confidential. Yeah. Uh, what do we got up to pour for today? I saw a first. couple of saw a couple of jars, so not that. <laughs> you get, right I don't want you getting mad at me like you did last uh, week about not uh, having any, any, enough stouts. I fear, I fear your wrath, so I had to make sure I put some stouts in there. All right, so I got the. I believe this is the cow blue lid. Okay, that's an easy one. Uh, Almost indigo, actually. All right, let me see. We got here first off this morning. We have can we find ourselves alone? 
Ooh, now you know with like a name a like that, you know who's... everywhere. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> everywhere has like those. What's what? <laughs> gosh, what's a word I would use for their their? Oh man, it's like do androids dream of electric sheep type like uh? What do you call <laughs> that? Like deep or whimsical? Yeah, it's I like a whimsical. deep. It's like a. <laughs> Yeah, can we find ourselves alone as a bourbon barrel aged blended ale? Um, fourteen point two percent. I don't know if there's adjuncts in this one. Oddly oh. enough, okay, is this a new one or is this one that you had prior? No, <laughs> you, you, you mean you mean to keep like uh like no, uh, but I mean inventory of what we've had. I'd you know I would assume that if you picked up picked these up recently, didn't they just have like a drop on their new stuff, or is that or has that not came out yet? Oh, I got to go get, you're right, I got to go get these stuff. Yeah, I'll probably do that tomorrow, maybe. Okay, yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to find some cycle, because we're. I think we're going to get Doug uh, interviewed next, or this coming Friday, so I got to pick up some cycle. Um, if I can find it. Which one, uh, Reliant doesn't, I mean, Replicant doesn't have any uh, cycle? I, you know, I, I texted Shibley, he was going to check, I don't know if he, he didn't have any in the store, but he's saying he might have some in the back, I have to double check with him. Yeah, I figured that'd be something you can get. You know, that's a that's a thing. Gosh, I remember on that one. That was super hard to get the Mondays, Tuesdays, and all the various other ones. And then all of a sudden, you started to see it like sitting sitting on the on the floor. Like, uh, no, it's not a yes. Sense. <laughs> yes. Remember the uh, the the place that I remember seeing the bottles at, and they were just sitting there. Was a uh, uh, what's the name of the place that's near um, brewery? Oh, uh, I might have to go there. You're right. Yeah, they have it. Uh, are they, they Mike's? Have. I don't know. Mike's. Place. There you go. I believe that is. I believe you are correct. Oh yeah, I can go down there and see if I can pick up a bottle. Yeah, I, get, I need to get something for next uh, for that interview. All right, here we go. Cheers. Was it? Yep. Yeah, I don't think there's any adjuncts in there. No, I think this is just great. Yeah, it's like a. They get the definitely get like the whiskey. Yeah, it's a sweeter. Barrel. It's a slightly sweeter, but it's not viscous. It's not thick. Yeah, it's kind of thin, right? Yeah, not usually what we're used to seeing in their uh, in their bottles. Yeah, I guess without the absence of the adjuncts, we're not getting that thick syrupy. Um, you definitely get viscosity. sweet, and you get yeah. um, whiskey barrels. So then, what? I'm assuming. So the sweetness is coming from the dark, from the malts, right? From the a, a lot of malt that's pushing up that AV. That's what I would think it is. Yeah, it has to be. All right. Uh, there were a couple of. Uh, did you see that Roadhouse trailer that dropped the other day? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> is Jake Gyllenhaal uh, the, the, trying to be like uh, Luke Rockhold? I see some like similarities. Like, hey, I feel that, like, the... well, I was gonna say they might be friends, but probably not because he's a Hollywood type, and I think Luke's more like a conservative, like military guy. Uh, um, and of course, this one has Conor McGregor as the uh, yeah. As the antagonist, the boss, I guess, right? Is he? Is he? It's funny because that one scene, like where they're in the bar and like Connor comes in acting like Connor, and they face <laughs> off. Connor's like five, six inches shorter than uh, than Jake, and I was like, wait a minute, I didn't realize Connor was so small. But I guess he's fought at one forty five before. Yeah, so, so he's a small guy. Yeah, and like, starring and introducing Connor as Connor. <laughs> yeah, Connor as Connor. There you go. Oh man, uh, it's he, going straight to really Prime, so we'll watch it. What's that? Is he really going to make a good boss character, though? Yeah. I think he knows how to do the heel. Yeah, I mean, well, come on. That's, that's what he true, does man. in UFC. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Um, I don't know why it took me so long to realize this. Or maybe I didn't. I just don't remember because, you know, drinking or whatnot. 
But uh, I didn't that this is a remake of the Patrick Swayze movie. <laughs> yeah, we talked about this. <laughs> oh, so we talked about it. I was like, wait a minute, yeah. why does this remind me of like him and like as like a bouncer? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, how'd you miss that one? I don't know. Well, first of all, I don't think I've ever seen the original. I yeah, I know, know it. of it. Yeah, yeah, I know it because I just remember scenes of Patrick Swayze throwing people out of a bar. So, yeah. so that comes out on Prime in March. Oh, it's a direct Prime. Yeah, I huh. guess there was a big to do about it because it was supposed to get a theatrical release, and then oh. uh, they're saying straight to Prime now. Okay, so there was a big to do about it not being theatrically re- theatrically released. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's um, loading up on the Andros, right? That guy's like chiseled. Yeah, because every once in a while you'll see him thin, and then you'll see him like, uh, or you see him with no shape, uh, as uh, Donny Donny uh, Donny Darko, yeah, like he's like like, a, like a regular kid. college looking kid or yeah, <laughs> yeah, high school kid. Yeah, uh, maybe we see that all the time though. Transformation with the actors is you know it's a dime a dozen nowadays. Expected because of yeah. the uh, yeah. the role. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you've been hearing about that Richard Simmons. Well, not only have I been hearing it, but I saw the teaser trailer. It was like real short. And yeah. then I actually saw the nine, 10 minute long movie. Yeah. It's is it any YouTube. good or is it any good or dumb? It, it's, it's not that it's good or bad. It's just like a little excerpt. Like an, it's like this like production guy, like an Allen's like program. I guess he's kind of like obsessed with Richard Simmons. Uh-huh. And then Richard does like the Allen show and then he comes off and he has like a moment with him. He's like talking to him and telling him like, you know, be yourself and you know, this it's, it's a positive thing, but apparently like Richard Simmons doesn't like it. Like he's like yeah. angered over this, like, uh, so and that, bear in mind that 10 minutes, I guess they want to make a movie out of that. It's like, yes. What do you call that? A showcase or something? Uh, uh it's kind of just like, a like a teaser, I guess, like a hot, hot reel uh, with demo. Reel. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they want to make a movie, but it's like from just 10 minutes, it's a very short scene with him on Alan. So, yeah. Um, and so, uh, and so, uh, Richard Simmons is not happy with that. He's portrayal. not happy. I don't know why, but that might be more about Richard Simmons' state of mind nowadays. He seems like he might be like he might be, be like becoming like a recluse, like where uh, he's like, because I don't know if you know, like he just like vanished from public, and he just like he, you know, like like nobody like like nobody knows where he is now. Like you know, I don't know. Maybe he's tired of the persona. He got tired of it. Um, or or maybe he wants some of the money. Like, hey, this is an unauthorized, this is an uh, unauthorized biopic. You need That's to be, hire me as a consultant. That's the only way you should do this. That's true too. But <laughs> you don't think that they've probably offered that, or maybe maybe the money wasn't good enough. They they, they don't mention it when they when I read the articles. But you don't think they they asked him like, uh, hey, you know, we'd like your cons- consultation on this. I don't know. And so I. I the only thing I saw, the only thing I saw that was kind of funny about, it, I guess, was uh, like uh, Howard Stern, because you know Howard Stern and Richard Simmons was on the show a bunch of times oh, yeah, in the yeah, early yeah. years. Yeah, I guess I guess Howard Stern was saying, "Well, if you want to get back at him, why don't you do a Polly Shore like biopic? That might be like much more interesting. <laughs> you can play Polly Shore. <laughs> That'll just be like 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 drugs. Yeah, It'll be drug infused. Wasn't this, wasn't Polly Shore's mom like the owner of uh, the comedy club? I believe so. Yeah, so that would be you could goof on that. Like the reason why Paulie's famous is because Paulie Shore's famous is because of his mom, really. Yeah, absolutely. So like I think Harrison was like making a joke saying, "Hey, would you do one of his? It'd be, I mean, you know, there's much more yeah, you can play uh, content like to work a, with." Yeah, I don't. I, I got a feeling that just uh, that Richard's just out of. He doesn't care about that stuff anymore. 
Uh, any, any, uh, should I watch the nine minute short or no, not worth my time? I mean, I, gosh, I don't think it's all that special. It's like I said, it's put, it's like a segment from like Alan when he comes on there and he does his little thing and there's this production guy, I guess he's like a new, uh, not a production guy. He's like a new guy, like on the, uh, what do you call it? Like the crew, Alan's crew. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And he's, I guess he's obsessed with Richard and everybody's like kind of like crapping on him because he's a new guy. And then Richard, like Richard has like a moment with him when he's talking to him and he's like, Kind of like a the, the guru thing, like the self self health oh, yeah. uh, health type thing, which is what he did. And you know, that's what that was his thing. He's like giving him positive advice, and that's really all there is to it. So I don't know. I didn't, I didn't think must, it was great. I didn't think it was bad. It was just like a weird just little thing. It must have been good enough for them to get the the bankroll to make it into a feature, though. Well, but that feature's like t- like ten minutes, so it's not like it's like a full movie, and it and it's, it doesn't look expensive. It's not like an expensive thing. You know, okay. does, so I can see where it's probably, you know what it looks like? It looks like a college thing, like a college, uh, something you would like do in thesis. college. Yeah. <laughs> I can yeah, yeah. Like, hey, like, hey, Polly, like, would you, would you do my, uh, and it, I, for all I know, it probably is, you know, like, I'm doing a little Richard Simmons thing, Polly, do you want to get in on it? That's about all I got for entertainment news. Oh, I thought you were going to mention the Vince McMahon stuff. Um. Oh, uh, I, gosh, is he basically Epstein or what? Is that what's... uh? Uh, no, because like- Epstein's Epstein's big thing. Epstein, Epstein wasn't bad in itself because he had an island. It was the underage stuff that wound up being bad for Epstein. I mean, t- think about it. If you're some rich guy and you have like models and stuff like that, yeah. that's a problem. There's no problem with that, or unless you're keeping them, you know, keeping them uh, against their will. But yeah. this was Epstein was like minors, like you know, like young females. I believe. And what's, so, the, and what's Vince getting busted for? I believe he had some female. I don't know if they were producers or something, or at least one. It's one. I see one name on the list, and she's saying that he basically made her do like, you know, like, hey, go after this wrestler, or entertain these people, like, like, or else. like sexually. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Oh, you know, like, oh, oh, okay. I saw yeah. some of it, and then it was late at night, and I, I was like, okay, I got to reread that. Yeah, I mean, you know, this doesn't surprise me. I mean, none of this surprises me, and I don't know. If no, of course true, not. Too. It doesn't. You got. You got grown men in in panties beating each other up, and they're taking drugs. You know they're bunch taking of all coke, kind of, you know, bunch of roids, killers, all kinds of drugs. Stare, you know, andros, whatnot. Why would that surprise me? That would be like the like the, like the <laughs> least surprising thing. Oh, um, there's a trailer that I was gonna put on uh, earlier today, and I forgot, and I just wound up seeing it. Have you seen that Spaceman trailer with Adam Sandler? I actually have. Who's the oh, actor okay. in it? It's a- Adam somebody- Sandler. Adam oh, yeah, Sandler. Sandler. yeah, it's a kind yeah. of a weird. There's like this alien, like it's like a yeah. spider alien creature. Yeah. I was talking to. Yeah. Is this supposed to be like Castaway in space? Is that what that the what the premise is? It probably is. It's and I'm assuming that he's going insane because he's alone. Yeah, and he's seeing this alien spider. It's talking yeah. to him. It's the it's the volleyball. It's uh, what is what's the volleyball oh, name? It's, like, it's Wilson. It's Wilson, it's Wilson. right? Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 Arachn- it's Arachna Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or you think it's he's dead? Weird. You think he's dead already? Oh, is possibly. That, that, or possibly. Is he going yeah. crazy or is he dead already? Probably crazy because you know they say like you, you, man cannot live alone. You know, that's I like can't. One of those things. I can't. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you, they, you you think you can, but eventually no, I, you, you go I insane. Can. So I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I, I, like, I I'll take that challenge. On. I'll take that challenge. <laughs> as long as I have. Wait, do I get internet access? Well, that's not really being alone, though, is it? Oh, so I got no internet access, but I yeah, got beer. Be like, let's beer? imagine you're like on that space station, and you only have like the same like five episodes of something over and over again playing. You know, or I think of the thing like when they're at the base, and you're yeah. by yourself, and all you have yeah. is like a few video VHS VHS tapes. 
It depends on what's on those tapes. Well, geez. and it better not be. Let's make a deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's make a deal. You got a oh. you got a nineteen eighties computer to play with. Uh, do I get beer though? Do I get like I, I can? Oh, that's going to run right? out though. Eventually, that's running out. Unless Why? you I can brew my own yourself. brew my own beer. Unless you have the ability, that's the other thing. But if you're in a space station, you won't have that ability. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're just talking about being alone. I'm not, I'm not saying I got to be deprived of oh. my basic necessities. Oh, are you talking like about like Omega beer. Man alone? Like Omega Man? <laughs> that that I, be, I believe you can, I believe, because like you said, you have a lot of entertainment. If the world were to, everybody were to die and you're the last man on the planet, oh, yeah, I believe there would be all kinds of entertainment for you to, to yeah. books. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure the batteries, you know, batteries are going to last quite a while. I got solar power. If you can figure yeah. out how to how to get that to work, yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. I'm good. I, I just yeah, need some yeah, basic necessities, uh, and I think I can go. What was he doing? Like 180 days alone or something like that? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but no I'm problem. pretty sure the movie's saying that he's going insane. That's my that's my <laughs> thing. Uh, so that thing that comes out pretty soon. So I think we're gonna have to throw that on the watch list. And it's him in a serious role, so that's exactly we don't see. yeah. Not his first. He's done. He he did another serious role. Wasn't that Punch Drunk something that he did? Where that, yes. that was like his serious role. No, 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 no. He did a more recent one than that, where he's oh. like the uh, he's like the shyster jeweler, and there's basketball players involved. I think. Oh, okay. What is that? What is that one called? It's, I think it got nominated for a couple of awards. Oh, I didn't know that. What is I that called? You, know. you know. I don't know. You I don't know. really. I'm not a fan of. I'm not really a fan of Am Sandler. Don't, the, the one thing I saw. <laughs> the, the one thing I saw funny with Am Sandler was uh, when he was on uh, Undeclared. Uh, you know, Undeclared. He was on, <laughs> so basically, he was like like Seth Rogen and all those guys were uh, the one guy we liked with the blonde hair, the uh, Charlie Hoonan guy. Is that his name? Yeah. Jack's on there. Yeah, Jack. And they're all sitting around like in the co- what's that little college area like in your on your floor. They're sitting there talking, and Adam Sandler is there for some reason, and Seth Rogen's pissing him off, or some other guy's pissing him off, and he's like, uh, "Like, I don't want that guy looking at me." Like, he's looking at me, and mm-hmm. Adam's what you think Adam is, where he's like an a hole. Like he, he's like, but it's weird because I hear in real life Adam's actually like a really nice guy, so it's like so he's playing against his uh, care his real life first persona. Yeah, he plays a bunch of basketball too. He's supposed to be pretty good at it. Like he'll yeah, just yeah, go. Yeah. To, I think he lives in like in New York somewhere over there, and he'll just go yeah. to like the local spot and just start shooting hoops. Yeah, and he's a guy that like if you see him, he's not going to be like all weird about it. He's not going to be like, oh no, get that camera out of my face. And, yeah, you know, and like yeah, so he's like, he he tries to be like the common man. Yeah, I was, I was watching a video of like the worst celebrities and the, and like the best celebrities, and he and he's like on the good celebrities. So good. Know. Uh, Uncut Gems. That's the movie I'm talking Uncut about. Gems. 2019. Huh. Never heard of it. I you, never you, you I've know. never heard of it. Never heard of it. No. You're just you're being no. You're being, you're being silly now. And bear in mind, I'm a person who has barely seen like his quote unquote classic comedy stuff. Happy Gilmore. Don't know. Like uh. I probably you've saw it, but I wouldn't that. remember. The, you've seen the scene of him and Bob Barker, though. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen the, <laughs> I've seen the, the yeah, the, yeah, the, the famous scenes, yeah. <laughs> and then Apollo's in that as well, I think. Isn't Is he, he really? I think oh. so. Just like Caddyshack, like I don't think I've ever seen that movie, but I know scenes from it. No, you've seen Caddyshack. I don't Come think on. I have. Now you're being, now you're being facetious. No, no. You had to have seen Caddyshack. It's in the hole with the Bill Murray and the, and the Gopher. Yeah, that's, 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 because those are things you see, like you know, like you. Those are famous scenes. <laughs> yeah, have I seen that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the, yeah, we'll have to check out this uh, Spaceman movie. I think when it mm-hmm. drops. Uh, all right, let's jump into this Mission Impossible here. Um, you're saying he's Sarah Connor in this. 
I'm saying there's a lot of matrix stuff going on in here. Um, no, I'm, I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not saying that I thought it, you know, while the whole premise, the whole, the, the main boss, <laughs> it, 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 it sounds very familiar. Like he sounds <laughs> like, like August, 1999, <laughs> like entity, good, like, like learns at a geometrical rate. It's funny because when, right when they're about to say it, it became sentient, I'm like, I know he's gonna, I know what he's gonna say. Like, don't say it. I know <laughs> what you're gonna say. Aware. <laughs> oh, so it, it does, uh, it does uh, uh, reproduce or borrow from Matrix and uh, and Terminator heavily. That's correct. Yeah, but the machines will ultimately rise. Like the AI finally, finally is like it, it gains control and doesn't. It wants to get rid of man. And it becomes, uh, uh, it exhibits self-defense, too, as a whole thing. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And that's what yeah. we see, I guess, early on in this uh, first scene in the submarine. Yeah, I'm um, still I'm still a little, like, baffled on the whole, like, the, like, what the submarine has to do with the AI. So I'm a little, still a little baffled by that. The submarine ha has the AI. It's housing the AI. Because remember they go. They remember they go. We got to go back to the source code. Yeah, which is the Matrix, of course. They go back. Go back to the source code. The well, source code's on the submarine. But it, but that's weird though because we find out later that the source code is created by by the American government. So like, because that one dude's like telling him like it's ours, but it, but at some point it goes rogue. Yeah. Uh, and then it goes to every, basically everybody else and takes all of their secrets and oh yeah, uh, it starts and, uh, like at an, astro <laughs> at an astronomical rate, like I mean, uh, exponential, like a, exponential. starts learning at an exponential rate. <laughs> yeah. Although I thought I I did think there's one part in this movie where like when when uh, Tom Fuse is chasing uh, Gabriel and uh, like it's taking a while for like the the uh, Skynet to like like start blocking the communication between the the Luther. Oh, yeah. You care? I'm like, wait a minute. He would have already been, had that already. Like that would have already been taken over. You know, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll start nitpicking at it real quick. Um, the one scene we've we've been shown for from this movie for about two years now is him on that motorcycle jumping off oh, the yeah, cliff with yeah. the parachute. We've yeah, seen yeah. that scene before the be, a year before the movie even came out. Probably everyone's gonna everyone's saying, "Hey, he's doing this scene. He's doing this scene." It's oh it's, yeah. yeah. It's really him. Uh, he did it like 10 times. And, you know, every time they thought he was going to leap to his death or the parachute wasn't going to open or something like that. So, wait, is he really, is he really doing the jump or is he, yes. is it just like the, like the free fall part? He's doing it all. Really? We, they, they show the footage what? of him on that cliff. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's it is a remarkable stunt. Don't give me But wrong. it's not like a hike. Is it like, is there something below him or is he, because it looks like it's two parts. Like there's the jump. And then there's the fall where it's like a close up of his face and he's like falling, coming down. There, when you look at the real footage, he's on that bike, he's on the side of that cliff, he jumps off that cliff and pops that parachute. Yeah, that's that's weird. That's and weird. he does it. He does it multiple times. He's like, "Hey, did you, you know, do you, do you, you know, Tom Cruise? Imagine Tom Cruise. We, yeah, we got to do that again. Like, like reset, like reset, reset everything. We got to do it. We need one more take. Like, I don't like that. Like, something was wrong. Like, it, it was off. Let's do it again." So for for as much hype as we got from that scene, it's a, from the from the excerpt. It's a pretty forgettable moment in the movie. True, and, that's true. Yeah, I in thought, fact, in fact, I think the scene that I recall more is him like breaking into the train after that scene. And I'm like, oh, yeah. oh. like it's like comes in like out of nowhere, <laughs> and that looks like it hurts. I'm like, I assume that's like a real scene with him like breaking through the thing. <laughs> he looks like he gets concussed in that scene. 
<laughs> I have to go back and watch that. Yeah, yeah, but, watch it because he because he, he looks like he comes down hard <laughs> in that scene. I'm like, man, that, that kind of looked real. He might have a little bit of CTE, right? I mean, he's Probably. done all them stunts for for years now. Probably. He got a little bit of CTE going on. I mean, he's always um, been like a weird dude. I'm mean, not always, but you know, like I remember that. Remember the Oprah like interview where he's oh, like, yeah. climbing on the chair and like <laughs> with the about about Katie Holmes. He loves Katie Holmes. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So starring Tom Cruise, he so he is I think 61 or 62. Looks great. Um, but then I was more shocked that Isai Morales is the same age, and re- Isai Morales Man, he looks, looks phenomenal. He, he looks <laughs> he looks better now than he did when he was younger. I, I don't understand that. Like that's a beautiful. That's a beautiful man. Like I, 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 he, like he's defying time. Yeah, something's not right here. Like are these guys sacrificing <laughs> to like, uh, like Morlock or something? Uh, what's going on here? Oh, I'm sure the facial hair helps out. But if he, if he dyed his hair like a to a like a more a natural block, you would think the guy's 45. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. In <laughs> fact, the Alana character even says like, "Oh, you're good. Like you're hot. Like like she ignores like Tom Foos <laughs> and is like, "Oh, you're hot." Like I think that probably like clean living. Maybe does that have to do with it? Like no smoking, no drinking. Like like a like. Do we a, know that for a fact? Do we know that uh, he's like a it's heroin? Heroin. <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking the blood of uh, innocence, like a so, sacrifice to the pagan gods, perhaps, is uh, keeping him youthful. Yep. Uh, all right, let's get into this. Uh, they're in it. So Russians are in a submarine. Oh, they, oh, but before we go, before the the budget, I believe uh, with this is like I think I, I see two ninety one as gross budget. I'm not sure what the difference between net and gross says. Two ninety one. It actually made more money than I thought. On its, a billion uh, dollars, a billion dollars, probably right. No, five, six, seven. Obviously, it's not. That's it's it. not recouping. Yeah, so it's not recouping because what is it? Two, two and a half times you got to make to uh, to get start start getting in the red. So it doesn't do that, but it made more than I thought, though. Wow, so it was a flop then. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's no. why I said. That. That's why I said there's no. a reason why they pulled off that part one. You think they're not going to make a part two to this? No, I think part two was already being made at the same time. So okay, okay. Um, I didn't know it made that little money. I, I thought sure it thought, made, I thought it made less actually. I thought it would have popped a billion dollars uh, glo- oh. globally. Yeah. So, nope. so that that was domestic or global? You had no, your... I believe that's global. That's global. And so basically, six hundred million dollars. Yeah, five sixty-seven. I think I see. Oh, okay. Shoot, five six right. seven. Yeah. Uh, all right. So there's these two keys. <laughs> yeah, this whole key thing. That's that's the other thing. Like, uh, what are these keys? Yeah, the two keys unlock this uh, this AI, this room to this AI. It's like uh, hell, I think, or mother, whatever the heck it is. It's a it's a it's a uh, it's an AI, um, and uh, and the, and they're 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 having a stealth system that they've been testing out. And so, yeah, with the submarine, it's has, a Russian sub. It's a yeah, Kova, so the submarine, a Kova class or something. What this submarine has done has been it's been testing its stealth capabilities by going basically into every country's waters undetected, and that's yeah. what they've been doing. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So then, out of the blue, another sub comes up on the radar. A Virginia class U.S. sub. They see it, and it's like, uh oh, like where did that come from? And it's turning to get engage them, so they think, uh oh, it sees it. How can it possibly see us? Yeah. Yeah. And at one point, it deploys a uh, a torpedo toward them, yeah. and it's also moving at at quick speeds and erratic. Like it's like 
like like wait a minute where did the americans get this this technology like this is like this is better than our technology now uh and then as the torpedo is about the impact it disappears and the sub disappears um in the meantime they've shot also a torpedo uh in ca- and countermeasures uh, and in that per- torpedo that they that they've that they've launched, it starts heading back toward them. Is that what's what's happening, right? That's what happens. Yeah, it's and I guess that was the plan all along. I guess. And so then it gets uh, it gets hit. There's an impact, and it sinks to the bottom, and the crew, all the crew, is lost, including these keys. I assume that the submarine is not very low, because these bodies start rising to the top, and you know an implosion yeah. just evaporated them. So the so the submarine's not very low. Um, and so the, I think the logic is the AI has found a, a hiding spot, so to speak, right? If the AI yeah, is trying that's, to, that's, that's the weird thing though. I'm thinking, why is it not, why is it so shallow? You would think it would do this in really super deep, like turbulent, you know, like, an, like, let's, for example, the, the, what's that? The Marina Trench? The, is that what it's called? Like that deep area of like the, uh, oh yeah. The, somewhere yeah. where no one's going to be able to get down there. And where those keys are going to be out of out of everyone's hands, like nobody will ever get these keys. You can't do it. Kong's down there somewhere. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. Well, we got yeah. Plot like plot demands that there has to be a way to get these keys back. No, no. I mean, King Kong's down there. You can't do oh, it. He'll gosh. find it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm gonna go shallow with this one. Uh, let's see. So we we see Ethan Hunt, and they we this we, the funny thing is you texted me. I was thinking the same thing. Was Isai Morales in a previous movie? Yeah, I don't think so because he looks young. It's like a scene for me. It's like wait a minute, this has to be digital because he looks young in this scene. So he hasn't been in a previous one as far. Well, that well then again when the Alana character comes, I guess she's in one of the prior movies too because he mentioned her from the past. Yeah. And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, you know, and I admit this. I don't know any, I can't remember any of the Mission Impossible, like prior plots, except for the one where they're falling down that like to get to that, like, you know, the harness scene. That's the only <laughs> thing I remember. Did they get some old stock footage of like La Bamba or Bad Boys for Isa, a young Isai Morales? Or Something's what? going on here because it looks like it's a part of the movie, but it's because it doesn't look CGI or what do you Not CGI. What's the thing that they have? Deep fake. It doesn't look like a deep fake, but he's younger in this scene. Do you think... In any way, shape, or form, that the, that there's some digitization going on with Tom Cruise's face in this. You think so? I know. I don't know. I'm just wondering. Like, I don't hey, know. I don't know. Do you think he's vain enough to say, like, hey, like, can you smooth out some of those? Wrinkles oh yeah, absolutely. Post. Oh, well. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, so his mission is to go after the key, and uh, and Ilsa has this key. And go yeah, out to the another desert. character. I assume she's like in the past movie. She's a character, but I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, I have no idea who she is. And apparently a, a character that he loves has some type of relationship. Well, with, let's right? be honest here. Doesn't he like have a thing for every, <laughs> all, every female in this movie or these movies, I assume is like really good looking. So it's yeah. like, it's easy just to find a new, new woman. Uh, she's held up, uh, in this spot and then it becomes basically, basically like a video game where they do the shootout. Um, yeah. 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 Oddly enough, she doesn't shoot him. She doesn't know who he is, but she shoots past him. And I'm like, why is she shooting past him? And, Cause we learned later that she doesn't know that it's him. It's oh like, yeah, she does. She, he, he does the Morse code with the light. Remember he has the, uh, oh, he's doing that. Cause, he's yeah, doing cause, cause I know code. she attacks him after. I, oh, okay. I, okay. Yeah. No, she knows who he is. I think she, he knows, she, but. She knows oh, who he is, but she mm-hmm. also knows why he's there for that key. But and also he blends in with the rest of the guys too. He looks oh, like, yeah. like he yes, okay. 
let's see. So then we, so we think at this point in time, she's dead. And of course there's a reveal. No one really dies in these movies, right? They always seem to come back for the next movie. Yeah. I just, yeah. Yeah. I don't understand that. Like, cause even I put that down. I'm, I'm like, the person gets stabbed. Like, I'm not sure they're, I'm not quite sure they're <laughs> dead though. Uh, we have this meeting, this this really weird like meeting with all these high level uh, um, government officials, and they're talking about uh, the AI. That's where they give the whole exposition. And sure as s, uh, Carrie Alwes is like the yeah, head of security. Yeah, the C- head of CIA, <laughs> some kind of CIA security American thing. I'm like, wait a minute. It's but he actually looks better. He looks better in this movie than he has in prior some prior movies that I've seen him in. Yeah, I think as he's getting more work, I think he's probably like you know starting to work out a little well, bit, starting to eat, have a dietitian probably. Botox, whatnot. <laughs> he does look good. I mean, he does look mm-hmm. uh, better than he did like in uh, Saw. And that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've seen him in another movie. We saw him in another movie recently, and he looks older. And this one, yeah. he actually looks more like like younger. Maybe they have like an opt into their contract. Like, can you de-age? Can you use the, run the de aging yeah. software? That's funny. Uh, so they're talking about the history of the uh, the uh, the sentient uh, AI now. Um, they also start talking about IMF, which I guess is like you're not supposed to. It's like Fight Club. You're not supposed to talk about what, uh, what IMF is. Well, the guy does. Carrie uh, Alwes character doesn't even know what it is. He's all like, "Wait a minute! Like I'm the highest level. Like no, 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 no. These guys are higher than you." But it's funny because everybody in the room knows about it except for the, the head case yeah. for him. Oh, I am. Like, don't talk about oh. that. Like don't talk about that. Like you can't yeah. talk about that. Uh, Kitridge is the guy who's uh, who's. Uh, I assume Kitridge, he's taking over with the female character. There wasn't there like a female like, or am I thinking of a different movie? Oh, no, I'm thinking of Bond. You're thinking How of long is Kitridge? <laughs> I'm thinking of M. Yeah. How long has Kitridge been in these movies? He's got. He's probably. Know. He's got to be like a reoccurring character, right? Yeah, I think he is. And then when you see the one guy come in the room, and, he, and he's so odd looking, I think yeah, I think he's yeah, the bad. I've seen I him he was before, but guy. I can't place him. Like <laughs> you know, you've seen him, and he looks weird. It's like, who is that guy? I thought he was going to be the bad guy, but then the reveal is he, he so he hands a mask to Kitridge, uh, and then he he basically he disperses those uh that gas that that knocks everybody out, and then yeah, when he takes off his mask, we realize it's Ethan Hunt who's infiltrated, which is kind of weird because there's that big window that overlooks the floor. I, I don't see, I don't understand, or I'm sure it's high security, I'm sure there's cameras should be everywhere. I'm not sure how they don't know what's going on in that room. Yeah. Also, how did you get the 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 handprint of the guy? That was kind of a. Uh, I don't know if you know. Like when he when he goes into the place, isn't it, doesn't he put his hand on the thing on the uh, scanner? So I'm like, this. wait a minute. The face makes sense because you know that super that super facial mask machine they have. Okay, that's fine. But what about the handprint? Can I get one of those on eBay or are those uh, available? Yeah, I don't think those exist. Although I have seen those uh, the new silicon. You know, the, you know, people started new silicon mask now, which can actually look eerily realistic. Uh, and so then they talk about the, the new mission, um, because he has the key. So, oh, so then we, we, uh, then we get that uh, flashback of that scene we just saw and they basically, she gets, he, she gets the key from her and he, she's alive. We think she's dead. Of yeah. Course, that's why I was alive. saying that's, and that goes back to what we're talking about. Like you think she's dead, but it's like, no, nah, she's not dead. And so he says, Hey, go like you died here today. Like disappeared. Don't come back. Um, and so he's, he's basically going to be Neo. He's going to go find, find the source code and kill the entity. They call it the entity. Um, 
And of course, uh, he has to escape out of that room. And then we get to finally get to the title sequence. It took, took a long time to get to the title. Oh sequence. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, sure as heck, Mitch is in this. <laughs> you know, it's got me wondering: is the bad guy in this movie, or maybe the even the next one? Is it going to be Zod? Is General Zod coming in this movie? <laughs> like, I can imagine Zod like popping up because don't they? Those guys make all their movies together, didn't? They were in the Waco. Weren't they also in the in the Storm one too? Oh yeah, you're right. The yeah. uh, uh, take shelter, take shelter, take shelter. Yeah. So like, I, I it probably Zod's either that or Zod was making the uh, the horrific Flash at the same time. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Mitch is in this, and he has a gang, and they're going to go on the hunt for Ethan and his gang. Phineas that, and it's, Benji. It's a U.S. It's a U.S. operating team, but it's so weird because there's like first there's like a team. And then there's only two guys, and it's him and like the other guy. And it's like, wait a minute, what happened to the rest of the team? Did they get wiped out? <laughs> Did they get killed? They get they might have got killed in uh no. by, the, by the assassin by in Italy, Paris. maybe they get killed. Yeah, because the one in Paris, you find out she's named Paris. I think she might she she shoots everybody. So maybe she kills them all, I guess. Oh, that Mantis? Is that that's Mantis? That's the one you're oh, talking about? That's Mantis? Yeah. I, oh, I didn't even well because you know you kind of I don't I didn't recognize her outside of her uh, her the antennae. You need the antennae. Yeah, you need the antennae. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Palm. I don't know what the heck her name is. Palm something. Oh, okay. Did not know that. Uh, we have the whole thing at the airport. The airport one gets a little confusing because there's like a side mission that develops with that with that AI bomb. Oh yeah 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 yeah. And so yeah, that, so so they're going to the airport to make the deal, um, because supposedly the he's going to sell a key to a buyer, um, and and Ethan Hunt says, "Hey, I'm, we're actually going to let him take the key, and when he gives it over to the person who he's representing, then we'll know where the what's what the key opens. So yeah. we're gonna have to we're gonna have to give it to him, so he'll he'll take us to to uh, to find out where the uh, where the AI yeah. is. Yeah, buying the key in itself is useless. We need to know what it where, what it opens up. That's more important. Yeah, you said that a lot better than me. <laughs> it took 20 words, you did it in like six. Um, but meanwhile, like I said, there's this there's this nuclear device uh that happens to be in there as well. Uh and then we we, we get introduced to the Grace character. Yeah, portrayed by uh, Haley Atwell. Like, like we need it, we need another good looking uh woman here, so let's introduce Grace now. Uh, oh, I mean Peggy Carter. Is that that's what who she is? Peggy Carter, yeah, right. the actress? No, the actress is Haley Atwell, but she plays Peggy Carter in the Marvel. I, I always oh, say everything's in the Marvel. I don't see. I don't watch that either, so I don't know. So, like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know who she is. Okay. Yeah, she's uh, she's uh, in the Marvel universe. She's uh, oh. um, she's Captain America's girl, right? Captain Britain, is, Captain Captain, yes, uh, yes. like that, Captain UK and, or something. In the what if, right? Should she become that, or that's just the what if part of it? Uh, I don't know. Did you did, did you she... see did you did you see Doctor Strange in the uh, the the multiverse of madness? I saw the first one. I think at the one with the uh, Tilda Swanson. She's like the. You didn't see, yeah. You didn't see the one where where Picard's in it as Xavier. And no, no, no. The, the I, was still, the I was the scene where they killed. All I yeah, saw was well, a scene she, where they get, where She's the, the Captain oh. America. She's the Captain Britain. Oh, okay. I still wouldn't recognize her, but okay. <laughs> uh, is the purpose of this to hand the mantle over to this actress? You think? You know, you could. That's a good. That's a good point. I think you're right, actually, because she's. I mean, ultimately, 
It's she joins like the IM with IMS. I believe that's what they're called. Oh, the IMS. So, yeah, the IMS. Yeah. So apparently, I think she's taking over. Yeah, because at the end, remember Tom Cruise tells her like, "Hey, when you meet Kitridge, just tell him you're you want in." Yeah. Uh, let's see. So Ethan is trying to find the buyer, and then but but the the key gets lifted from the buyer by Grace. A lot yeah. of stuff going on in this. And bear in uh, mind, this happens like 20,000 20, times in the movie. So it's like it's like, oh gosh, what's going on here with this key, man? And then that bomb has like a codex. It's like Da Vinci Code. You got to figure out put the right uh, the rings in the right order. Yeah, yeah. with the riddles. With the, come on, if you don't know that riddle, what's always approaching whenever rise? If you don't know the answer to that, you should be on the team. I think. I think you should probably like get a barge tail like riddle. It's like <laughs> <Yeah>. the. <laughs> uh, so then, of course, uh, Benji Benji uh, opens a bomb on the codex, but it happens to be no bomb. It's just kind of like a uh, what, what is the point of that? Uh, to create subterfuge, to create a like a, it's it's, just, it's creating like subterfuge, right? And then suppose so the AI is so strong it knows everything about everyone on the planet apparently because it yeah, knows everything find, about yeah. Benji. We even find out that it has like it, it could basically predict the future. It's like it's 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 like the like you just mentioned the uh, like the Infinity Stone like in the end the possibilities like it knows all those possibilities. Yeah, um, and then plans accordingly. Exactly. Uh, we see we get introduced to the Gabriel character in the airport, the beautiful Isai Morales. Uh, and then for some, I don't know, for whatever reason, once Tom Cruise, see, once Ethan Hunt sees Gabriel, he flips out and tells everyone to <laughs> abort the mission. Why yeah, is he like, so abort, scared of him? Abort. Like, everybody get out of here. And it's not, like, I don't think he's saying abort the the mission. He's saying abort the IMF. Like, we're, like, we're all going to, we all have to go hide now because, because uh, remember, when he sees them again, the team, he's, like, shocked to see them again. Because I think the thing is, like, we have to inevitably like, forever go our separate ways now because of the Gabriel character. And, and obviously, they're trying to establish that this guy is, like, a pretty powerful foe, you know. And this is, and this is without his, uh, without Skynet's, like, help. It's like, yeah. he's already, like, a mastermind criminal. Yeah, that makes sense. They, they don't even know he he's working with Skynet, and they they're and yeah, they're and more Tom afraid. Like they're afraid of him. <laughs> like imagine if you had the power. Like uh, you have like a what is Magneto Cerebrus? So he has like Cerebrus with him. That's the name uh, of the nope. Magneto computer that they have. Uh, Not Magneto. Uh, cerebral. Uh, cerebral. Cerebral. There you go. What about um? What about another beer? Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah, man. I feel it's gonna be warmer day, right? It's freezing, man. I don't know about you. No, I saw it's going to hit 78 today. I'm, it was cold when I uh, got uh, it this morning. It's starting to get warm, warm. All right, let's go with the other jar. All right. Hmm. All right, here we go. Um, this is Dawn of a Dark Day, nine and a half year anniversary. Mm. This is a stout with cacao, pretzels, peanut butter, and maple clocking in at a 12.5% by our friends at Adroit Theory, of course. Have we had this one before? Um, remember those nine doesn't <laughs> it might like, uh, like I just got like a glitch in the matrix. Already. I just got a glitch in the matrix. Did you just say that for the first one? Um, I think I did actually. I got deja vu. That was it was eerie. I'm like, wait a like second. I, like you just saw the cat walk by. Like it, it's like it went by. It went by twice. I think am I having a I might be having a stroke. What's going on? Here? Like Joe, like Joel's like walking by a second time. 
<laughs> Shoot. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, he left me speechless. No, we haven't had this before. Don't mm. forget those 9.5 uh, anniversary years had a lot of oh, uh, beers okay. with different variants, different adjuncts. Oh, there you go. So there we've you. had this before, but now with these adjuncts. Okay. Okay. Then. Caught me off guard with that statement. <laughs> I'm like, I, I got, I got like a, like the, ch- I get a chill down my spine. <laughs> like I just saw a cat go by. <laughs> All right. I know that I know this looks like beer. It, 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 it tastes like beer, but like it's, it's not. Mm, I gotta make that face too. Like, mm. <laughs> all right, here we go. Cheers. Pros it. Ooh, it's like a Reese's peanut butter cup. Yeah, actually, it is because uh, the, the little. The, I assume the pretzels are salted pretzels too, so you get a little yeah. salt on that. Wow, there you go. And this is not barrel aged, right? Uh, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I think they just do their base stout, and then they, uh, and they add their adjuncts in there. Okay. All right. Let's see. Then we go to Italy because you know the Mission Impossible cannot stay in one one country. You know you're going to go to multiple countries in in this movie. So we've already been to Russia, already been in the United States, and now we're going to Italy. Um, where Grace has already been picked up, so she's yeah. It's kind of a uh, weird scene too, because she's just there, like she's there, like all of a sudden. And so she gets picked up, and uh, and of course she sees Mitch in the building. Um, and when she's told her her lawyer's there, um, we, well, obviously we know it's going to be Ethan Hunt, so he's there and say, and, and they have their uh, their uh, next conversation, yeah. Little stumbling on my words. Help me out here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then we have uh, Gabriel, who who the AI has told him everything about. The, does he have like an ERP? Is, is he an android at any point in time? Do you think no, he's a but robot? We do, we do see several scenes about what's going on with Gabriel. We see the one scene where that cloaking technology is being used up by. Uh, oh. It's being used by the entity or Skynet to to cloak him, and we also see that he's in this like. He's using this device. It's like a, it's like a, it's go, it goes on his face. I assume it's like a VR thing, and it must be feeding him knowledge and stuff oh. like that. I figure is any implanted with like a chip, like a direct to his it's, brain. It's, uh, it's possible. That's what it, that's. It's kind of like the Matrix where he, he's plugging into this device. Because that's like that weird scene on the train where Paris like opens it up and he's like in this like chess. Oh he's yeah, got on his face. And I'm like, what? Like, what's going on? He's like a vampire. <laughs> Uh, so then he so he kills the uh, the I guess the commander the captain uh, character, um, and then we have the big of course a big chase scene, It'd be a huge big pod racing uh, chase scene with uh, Mitch and and yeah there's Mantis. actually two chase scenes right because there's there's a smaller one in the beginning and then it expands into the larger Fiat one. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a whole entire pod racing. Like, I mean, I didn't clock it, but it's got to be a good 10 to 12 minute chase scene. Oh, at yeah. Least. yeah. One part, the Fiat's just going around in a circle for like 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it's going around like this, like, fountain for like, it's like, she can't straighten the car out because the whole joke is like, she's driving the car now and they got the handcuffs on. So it's going around like in a circle over and over. Oh, because it's funny because yeah, that is a funny joke because he's driving it, but then it tumbles down the stairs and, oh, and they're yeah, flying around it. Yeah. 
And then she's in the driver's seat now. That's funny. Uh, let's see what is going on here. Oh, then she ditches him. She she gets out of the handcuffs with the with the paperclip, and uh, and then he then the wait, gang comes. A, is this a part where? Is it, wait, see, I don't want to confuse because I, I know there's two different chasings, but is this a part where she gets she gets? Uh, I the word I use is more more adult, but it's like messed up by the airbag. Is that is that is that this thing that's happening right now, or is that or just be, before that, or after? Um, it's it's already happened. It's already happened. Okay. That's that's where we see Mantis come and start shooting. Yeah, she them. just takes. She starts wiping yeah. everybody out. Yeah, yeah. So she gets basically, I think, T-boned by Mantis. That is correct. Um. So he so he gets out after the train's about to hit the Fiat. He gets out, and then uh, we see Benji open door uh, the back door of a van, and they get back in. Uh, 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 um, they're talking about the White Widow, which is, I guess, the other character that we're going to see. That is the Alana character? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, did he, did he sleep with her too? <laughs> I believe so. They they referenced, like, at the time, his he, he was under a different name. So, like, oh, you know, I know you as this guy, and we did something. He's like, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. I think they're, they're saying, like, I thought she wanted you dead, and I think they insinuate, well, they Yeah, they you came to a compromise. Made, they made what did you up. Do? Like, uh, yeah, what did you do to her? Uh, so he see so going over the the surveillance, they see the reflection of Gabriel, uh, and so he confirms that this guy's bad. Whoever this guy is, he's a bad guy, and he's back. Also, Ilsa just pops up out of nowhere, and isn't she like a part of the team? Oh, once yeah. again? yeah, yeah, randomly, uh, like pops up out of nowhere after he told her, like get like disappear like permanently, and nope, I'm I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. Like yeah, yeah, like I'm I'm here. Like don't worry about it. Uh, let's see. Then they go to that that club. Um. And it's basically like it's a scene from the music from the Matrix. It's literally a Matrix scene. The where Matrix all scene also kind of reminded me too of uh, Mass Effect Part Two, with the the which oddly enough in the game is voiced by Trinity. It's like she plays like yeah. the broker character for like oh, Shepard has to go, you know, go wait. and do a deal with her. Is that the DLC with the broker? I think it is. I think oh. I believe you're correct. <laughs> you were correct. I never saw that. I never saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how about where they had to redo the ending of that game like months later? Here's a, here's <laughs> That's a part three. To fix the that ending. was part three. Yeah, <laughs> it was so bad. Uh, they released a patch like months later to give you a new ending, and it was just it was just as bad as the old ending. Yeah, they they added like a friendship thing in the end, so you can tie up the loose ends with your friends. That was really the the point. They were they were never going to be able to fix the red, green, blue thing. <laughs> With Joker, I think Joker's uh, added in that last scene. They, they pulled out, they oh, gave uh, Seth Green a couple Seth of bucks to come back. I was telling my friend, like, what is Seth Green in? Like, why do I recognize his his leprechaunish face? <laughs> you know, he was in like series that we watched, and you know, Buffy was in there. I couldn't figure out what series, but oh yeah, he's also Joker. Yes, that's correct. Uh, that's again the scene in the in the club is a long scene. And they're just trying oh, to figure yeah. out what the move is. And then Gabriel shows up. All right. Since you know who these other actresses are, who's the Alana? Who's who's Alana? No idea. The actress. Really? No idea. She's, she's a, these are really good looking women. All, all across the board, these are like really good looking women. <laughs> and men too. What are you talking about? <laughs> the men too. The men too. But I mean, but it's mostly the women who are, I mean, because you got Benji and, you know, it's not like, come on. You know who the actor is, but he's not like a, you know, the women are like on a different level. I think Tom Cruise it has to hire like guys that aren't as good looking as him. Although he got, oh, although yeah. Sam Morales what, is there. Well, then how did he say? How did he get in there? I'm telling you, it was really supposed to be General Zod was supposed to play this Zod. role. Uh, let's see. So uh, 
what Grace gives the, the puts the key on one of uh, Alana's henchmen. Uh, and so they're trying to figure Isai Morales shows up and is like, Hey, I know everything. I want the key and I'm going to kill like Ethan. You got to choose which of these women, which one is going to die. Cause one of them is going to die. Yeah. Uh, Mitch crash crashes the party. You're right. Hey, where did his team go? It's only him and the, yeah, his, it's only, his yeah. one guy. Where's the team at? Yeah. Uh, bear in mind. Uh, also his, this other subordinate, I assume he's a subordinate. He's like having like questioning now. He's like, uh, he's going rogue himself. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like this guy's like a liability now. Yeah, because doesn't Mitch even ask him like, "Where, where, like, what would you do?" Like, I think he's questioning like, "Why are we chasing Ethan?" He seems like a he seems like a stand up exactly. guy. Exactly, and I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, buddy! Like, you don't you don't question the authority here. You do your mission." Wait, another chase scene. Uh, where man, Tom Tom Cruise has to be shown running either in a super close up shot or a super long shot. We see him running a lot in this movie. Wonder what the, wonder what the total mileage of he probably ran ran a marathon making this movie twenty six miles probably oh yeah yeah you I mean I mean I mean at least you know when you hire him you're gonna get you're gonna get, you're gonna get your money's worth as long as he doesn't die you're gonna get your money's worth uh and this is that scene you're talking about where Skynet impersonates Benji and takes oh, yeah. uh Tom uh, takes Ethan away from the 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 ultimate goal he has to, he's trying to save. Uh, the two women from uh, from. Well, technically, uh, he's only trying to save Grace because he tells one of them to fight. And he tells Grace to don't do anything, and then of course they do the opposite. You know, Grace she takes off, and I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. Okay, Grace and Gabriel um, are fighting. Ethan's fighting Mantis, and that that super small passageway is all claustrophobic. Oh yeah, that's actually a good scene. Yeah, it's it's a good scene because it makes sense. It takes away from their physical prowess. Because it's so like claustrophobic, and it pays off later on because he winds up letting her live, which I wouldn't have done oh, in that yeah, situation. Yeah. But it is an interesting scene because Skynet predicts this. Like yeah. it knows, like it, like now it knows, <laughs> like your reaction. Oh, what does it? What does uh, Gabriel say later on? Like, like, it, like you're gonna betray me. Like, yeah, you're gonna like, betray me. <laughs> like there, there's a there's a seventy five percent chance that you're gonna betray me. <laughs> I would like to see that on screen, like it calculating like the outcome, oh, like, yeah. like 75% uh, yeah. probability that she see, will that's betray too much you. Like because... a, that's too much like the Terminator. <laughs> like, like when the, when the T uh, 800 has the, uh, the, remember when it's like looking at the clothes and you're showing percentages, like it's, yeah. too, it's too close. Uh, so he lets her live. And like we said, that pays off later on. I think, I think, and then Gabriel and Elsa fight. And I, I think she might be dead for reals this time. I think he kills her, right? Yeah, she may be dead. <laughs> she might be dead. We don't know. She gets. She looks like she does get it in the heart, but that might be like the heart might just be the like the like the inner shoulder area where everybody gets shot at and stabbed at, and it's barely an inconvenience. Oh, we, it's not like uh, Reacher though. We don't see her in the next scene, like just like running and fighting still. If this uh, she's not, she's no dicks. Let me tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she, yeah. I assume she's dead. Let's assume she is for the time being. Also, there's another weird thing where apparently the the IMF can make the, those face things all, like every like like what is it? What do you see? It takes like a week or something to to get the the machine to make the mask. Like, are we 100 percent sure that everybody's who they say they are in this? Like, uh, yeah. So the plan is for Grace to to portray Il, um, Alana. Uh, oh, yeah. Again, the, the same, the, the the things, the goal is the same. You got to get both keys and you need to find out what the key is going to yeah. unlock. This is also a weird scene because they show it playing out and you're thinking, oh, it's happening. Like, oh, okay. Like they're going. Oh yeah. And then it's, and that's just, it's just like a proof of concept <laughs> where it's like, no, no, this is what we're thinking is the way it's going to go down. And then Phineas is like, I got to go. Like, uh, 
what is he going to, he's going to go fight it out with the AI. What is he doing when he says he's got to go? Oh, you mean the uh, Luther character? Oh, is it his name Phineas? I think it was, no, no. He says that no. He's he's supposed to be somebody like I'm Phineas something, but his name is Luther. Oh, yeah. The Phineas is like a like a he's like referring to somebody else, but he's his name's Luther. Luther and, and so, yeah. So why does he have? Why does he bail? Yeah, he has to go dark. It's 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 all it's similar to a scene that happens early in the movie that they never go back to, where Kittredge has that old analog computers. Like this is the war room. It's all like it's all taken away from the internet. This is this allows us to 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 fight uh, Skynet, and he's doing the same thing. He's going to the and he's going to take, get the computers devoid of the internet and try to crack the code from the hard yeah, drive. Yeah, and, and then we don't see him for the rest of the movie, which is yeah. Weird. Well, that's like saying you don't. We don't see the the Kittredge. once he makes that that battle room, that analog battle room. Nothing. They never go back to it again. Right, and so he tells so he tells Ethan, make sure what your objective is. Because you're going to want to get revenge on Gabriel, and you're going to want to kill him. Oh, true. And that's like, why the entity has kind of selected him, because yeah, he like wants you, you like to a, kill. You have, a, you have a 75, 80, 75, 80 percent chance of killing him, which is which is good, because then you won't get the you you know you don't get the key. So unfortunately, that machine makes is able to make the Alana mask, but it's not able to make her sidekick mask. The machine breaks down. Yeah, why is that? Why does that happen? That is, is that the um, is that Skynet like uh, I like think so. it down? Yeah, I think through, through Bluetooth, it is able to, it's able Bluetooth. to disable, it's, it's disabled it. Well, how is it going to have access to the machine? That's true, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I don't know, like, if that thing's, yeah, what is that thing connected to? The Wi-Fi, to? it knows the Wi-Fi, all the Wi-Fi passwords, and... Uh, yeah, I didn't even understand the, the whole analog thing. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, we have analog, like, so, so? It would have been funny if they went to like old brick cell phones or something like that. Like you can't use you can't use the yeah, smartphone. Yeah, all analog. Yeah, it's all it's all <laughs> nothing digital can be used. It's all like uh, analog now. So now Grace has to go alone uh, as Alana because there's only one uh, there's only one uh, mask to go. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. And so then so they get on the train under the Orient Express. I'm not sure why they they chose that name. Is for, it really uh, called that? Is that that's, the, what he, that's what he says. We're going to go on the Orient Express. Oh, I didn't even know this. Okay. And uh, the Mantis and uh, Gabriel are there. Gosh, man, I got to cough. Hang on a second. Talk, just say something. Um, so they get on the train, which is kind of a weird scene, too, because I don't even know how Grace is going to get on there. You know, I mean, we do we do find out, but I'm like, there's two of them now. How is she getting how is she getting on there when the other one was already on the on the train? There's a lot of like suspension of uh, belief. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Missing. So they destroyed the brakes, Mantis and Gabriel. They get rid of the engineers, and they get, so it's a, it's a runaway train. And also, now. everybody's on this train once again too. Like everybody's <laughs> always con- like converging on this. For, for whatever reason, the two uh, Mitch and the uh, the other the the subordinate, they're always together. Every scene, they wind up all being together. Yeah, so we get so everyone who we've seen throughout the movie is now going to be on this train because uh, of yeah, plot like demands. nobody's questioning that. Oh yeah, we got a couple of U.S. agents on here. Like it's and they, they, apparently nobody cares. We can't stop them. I don't know. So the plan was supposed to be that during the cur- during the turns on the the train, it slows down enough for Ethan to get onto the train. But now that the brakes have been uh, disabled, oh yeah, the train yeah. is taking everything at full speed. Yeah. I don't know what's and, making these turns either. Isn't there like a isn't like a threshold? Like, it, we, uh, what is uh, what's the word? Yeah, physics. Yeah, physics would like <laughs> that train would have like like jumped the track a long time ago. 
gosh, is it centripetal or centrifugal force? I forget. Centrifugal is like the, uh, like when you go in a circle, like roundabout. Yeah. Like oh, a, that's that then, because when you're you you the, it, you're constantly the force wants to take you straight, but I think the centripetal force. Um, I don't know. I wasn't my... good at physics. Like anything <laughs> math related, forget about it. I took AP physics. I should remember that back in uh, circa 1988. I, I should remember that. Like dum 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 dum. <laughs> uh, so he misses his his point. So now Banji's trying to get him to find an, an alternate route to get onto the train. Oh, yeah. And when he points out the route to him, and then of course we know that he's on that bike from the scene we've seen ten thousand times. When we see the route that Benji gives him, it's like a straight shot all the way up to the side of a mountain. So we yeah. know, uh, we like, know, uh, uh, Benji, I'm too high. Like, this is like <laughs> a little too, even for me, this is too high. <laughs> That's a pretty funny scene too, right? It's like, uh, I can't quite, do that. The first time that I think Ethan's like question, like, like, like I can do anything, man. Like I, I can't do this. <laughs> it, is a, it is a pretty funny scene. And you're right. Even this is too crazy for Ethan to try to uh, pull off. Yeah, it almost makes me wonder, like, like, hey, hey, Tom, we're gonna do a scene where you're on a mountain. You're gonna jump <laughs> super high. You can have a parachute. Like, can you do it? Like, I don't know, man. <laughs> no, he's probably laughing. Like, that's a good one. I mean, that's not that's not in the movie. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I'll, I don't know. I, I think it's a real thing. Like, it's kind of high, guys. Like them, you know, and, and they just they incorporate this into the into the actual dialogue. I don't know, man. It's kind of high. Or maybe he's pitching that. We gotta do something way over the top, like high, like higher, like higher and better and farther than anything yeah, else. We need to outdo ourselves. Uh let's see. Grace disables Alana. And we find out the buyer is Kit Rich. So, yeah, and he's everybody's on this. In fact, you get a scene where Mitch, like, like, hey, what are you doing here? Like, it's like everybody's <laughs> on this train. And it's not like it's like a giant, like, like it's not a city or a town. It's just a train and everybody's on it. And then we get the scene with Gabriel and, and Carrie Alwes, uh, and Mantis clears the room for him. And then, of course, Gabriel kills uh, the Carrie Alwes character. And, <laughs> and then she's trying to explain stuff, and you're like, oh, okay, I I think I get it. Oh, okay. <laughs> More exposition. More yeah, exposition. I have no idea what's going on here. And then uh, Gabriel eliminates Mantis, because, again, we talked about uh, the uh, the AI has predicted that she's going to betray him. Oh, and he also, I guess, I guess Carrie always knows where the, uh, where, the, what the key goes. So you want, you know, obviously the Skynet wants to eliminate anybody who has that knowledge. Um, Alana sells the, or Grace sells the keys. Um, we confirm that those keys are, are active. They're not uh, fakes because there was a, there was a conversation yeah. that there might be some fakes around. So you yeah. have to interlock them to confirm that they're authentic. Mm -mm. Then we get this. Then we get this. The cliff scene uh, and him flying off on that cliff. You know, you you see the actual one, and, and it's a like a paved ramp. Uh, the whole thing's like a paved yeah. ramp for him. Like he looks off into the distance, sees like a yeah a ramp, and he's like, oh no. Uh, I would say the CGI on this, it, it, as far as like, because you know, it's a it's a literal ramp, a smooth ramp for him to do the stunt. Yeah. Um. And so, but the ground when they CGI the ground. It doesn't. It's too smooth a ride for him. It's too smooth. You're right. You're right. That thing. That would be ball breaking. That thing's like if you if you ever you know if you, I'm sure you know I'm sure you rode a a BMX type bike like like a motocross bike. He would have been all over the place. Yeah, it's, so it's a little. It's Very a little smooth. smooth. You, you could yeah. just made him hop it up, hop and up yeah, and down. Yeah, and you're right. Bit. And you're right. The actual scene's filmed on a on a smooth ramp, but yeah, you know, you know, it's like we can't recreate like Tom's <laughs> head bouncing up and down. 
So, I mean, you know, it's a lot of work for a small moment in the movie. I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure if it pays off uh, to, to having seen that particular scene 5,000 times. Um, and But you're right, though. Once he falls off and the parachute opens, we really don't see him until he crashes through the window of the train. Although we do get some close-ups in his face, and that looks real. I mean, when he's, when he's like, free-falling down, oh. I'm like, man, Tom Cruise is really free-falling. Like, uh, you know, that's real. That, his cheeks are flapping in the wind. Uh, Let's see. And then for some reason, Alana has second, or the, the Grace uh, per, um, impersonating Alana has second thoughts about selling the key. Yeah, well, she's gonna she, get. She's gonna she, her. her can remember, she's she looks like the Alana character, but it's Grace. She's gonna get immunity for her Grace persona plus a hundred million dollars, and it's like, and then she has that second thoughts so or like, nah, you know what? Never mind. I'm like, huh? Um. Then the real. So it, there's this kind of comedic moment where the real Alana is trying to regain consciousness, and then she's like fall, flopping all. We keep on cutting back to her trying to wake up, and she just keeps on flopping over. Um, eventually, she does uh, wake up and goes to her room. How big is this train? The other it's, thing. Apparently, it's huge. <laughs> apparently, like it's a train, but it's like a yeah. That's why I'm joking. That like it seems like it's like a it's like a citywide train because because everybody's here at this one scene. Um. Let's see. So Grace runs away. They try to, we talked about, they try to snag her, but uh, Ethan flies to the window and, and takes over. Uh, Gabriel gets the key. Also, how come uh, Skynet doesn't predict what, like, hey, don't let anybody come close to you when you have the key? Because we've, like, I've already seen this thing being pickpocketed a hundred times already. Like, uh, uh, put some pockets on your, or buttons on your uh, Valkyrie or something on your pockets. And then so then we get to the top of the train they're fighting, fighting in the train, they're trying to fight all over this train they're fighting. And then I guess uh Gabriel just jumps off the train and and he's out. He's out now. And he and he has the key. Yeah. Well and there's yeah. and there's bombs on the bridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but this is the weird thing. Skynet can predict everything, but yet he can't predict pickpocketing. So I'm like, wait a minute, like it's kind of weird. Uh, and then of course we realized that, uh, Ethan has pickpocketed the key from yeah. Gabriel. Yeah. And we learned this early on because even when grace early on where he pickpockets grace for the key and then he, and then she gets the, uh, that little silver, uh, you call it the fire thing when he lighter, <laughs> lighter, lighter. lighter. I don't, I don't smoke. It's going to show you how much I, I don't smoke. Like what is it? A zippo, a zippo. A lighter, this fire thing. You mean a lighter? <laughs> Uh, it's too, too it's too early, I think, for us. Uh, yeah, yeah. What do you call that silver thing <laughs> with flame in it? Oh, I used to have one of those Zippo lighters. I mean, they look cool, you know. I'm, but the, yeah, you I'm have to open it up and around. like get the fill the sponge up with uh, with lighter oh, yeah. fluid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the day, and they have to rechange the flints every now and then. Uh, then they, so then the bomb explodes and and the bridge is gone and the train starts. Yeah. Of course, this the train yeah. start dropping. And this, and that's man. I'll tell you right now, this is like a forty-minute-long scene. Or it's gotta be, it's <laughs> I gotta told be it's long. Andre's it's a part long two. train falling down scene. It's so long. Yeah, and so we see Tom Cruise and uh, Grace trying to get out, climb up one car to the next car before it falls, and then climb through the next car before it falls. He has to go through that kitchen with the hot oil. <laughs> it's a fire. Yeah, this is a whole <laughs> scene. <laughs> Oh, it's definitely lengthy. This movie could have been about an hour shorter if they cut some of the chasings down and trimmed some of that fat. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, the uh, trains are going to be just complete. I mean, I might get it. They want to make it long and cool. And, you know, let's do some stunts here. Mantis winds up saving them. As predicted by Skynet. So Skynet was correct. Um, And then Tom Cruise is out. He he leaves the, the plane. I mean, the, he leaves the uh, train. Um, Mitch is trying to get to him, but then Grace blocks the way and he's gone. And then, he t- and then Grace takes the the uh, the advice. You will submit to uh, Kit Ridge, and then you'll become one of us. And I think the Mantis is still alive too in this. So just uh, for some reason, Mantis is a stab oh, yeah, wound is, is yeah, not yeah. Mantis fatal. actually, yeah, yeah. I think Ilsa's her stab is, wound is a little alive. lower. Ilsa's <laughs> is higher. She gets like a spleen, like uh, Mantis gets her spleen or whatever, like a lower a lung. Uh, Ilsa's the heart. Uh, and then, so you're right, Grace uh, is at Kittredge's. Um, and officially becomes IMF. And then Benji grabs Ethan, and we're going to have to wait for part two now. Oh, boy. Definitely long. Engaging, though. I, I liked it. I enjoyed no, it. No, it's action. And, and up to, I mean, it looks a lot better than uh, some of the, you know, other stuff, other action, you know, stuff you see. Cause, but just because it's a, cause less CGI, more practical effect, you know. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's a fine movie, but it's super long. Is yeah. is it as good as a uh, Top Gun, the new one? That's that's the question. Is it new? Is it better than the last Top Gun? Is that what you asked? Yeah, like you know, at least see, at least Top Gun has like an ending, <laughs> you know, a de facto. Uh, Tom Tom Cruise is just trying to remake previous movies. That Maverick was Star Wars. This is like The Matrix and T two. He's trying to like, hey, let's just do this one, but we'll do it in the vein of uh, Mission Impossible. There you maybe. Go. Uh, what do we got next? Um, let's do Kitchen Confidential. That'll be quick. All right. And what do we got for a pour? All right. Let's go to the cans. We we shall go to the cans now. Uh, I'll play this one here. Even though this is for Carmi. Oh, yeah. If he brings you That's fine. It's an odd song for her to sing, but hey, I loved it. Then I wish you both the best. It's your happiness that matters most of all. This brings back memories. <laughs> but if he ever breaks your What do you guys think was taking to what do you got over there? <laughs> oh, I got the um Gosh, I'm, 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 I don't know why I'm still sore right now. Like, it's the temperatures are going up, and I'm still my shoulders. Uh, so I got the monkish. Have we had that before? I'm asking you. I, I want to say that we've had most of these monkish ones that the, I think I saw, like, the last batch you got. This is Cats to, sh- to Chase. It's a du- double dry hop, double Indian pale ale. It is 8.4%, and, of course, it's got cats. I believe, and I believe these cats are, are based on their house cats. Um, and we've had this beer on the show before. I I want to say okay. I think maybe I think we have. Maybe it's possible. I'm not going to deny that. Uh, I mean, I've recycled the beer to this episode. I mean, you got to remember that Monkish does do their beers over, it, 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 but then they will uh, consider to be different, like slightly different. This is true, and of course, it's Monkish. What was the ABV on this? Did you say eight point four? Oof! Here we go. A lot of carbonation on that. All right, here we go. Cheers. Rosette. 
There we go. Get into that. Yeah. Uh, Kitchen Confidential, Anthony Bourdain. You you actually called this last week or or microbrews whatever. It, this is kind of like a uh, a bio anthology, maybe. Is probably what I'm gonna want to say it. Where it's taking yeah, different things from his life and different parts of his life. And if you read the if you read the back, some of the stuff had been previously published. Oh yeah, because he was like, writing prior too. We find out later on in the Tokyo. Uh, the J- Japan chapter where he was writing prior to that, and fiction, fiction, fiction at that. yeah, fiction, yeah. I wonder if that's any good. <laughs> yeah. But he also says like, something funny in in that, like, or not? Gosh, I'm not sure if it's that chapter. We talks about writing, like it, like don't do it, like it's like don't do, like don't write stuff. Um, so the it, it, it's a very sad book to read. I I think just because of knowing the outcome that oh yeah, uh, well, that especially one had. chapter in particular towards the end of the book where it talks about like death and stuff like that, where yeah. one of the other chefs and like how he fired somebody and then the guy wind up killing uh, hanging himself too. So it's like wait a minute, yeah. it's almost like a precursor. Yeah, it's a pretty and there's moments there's a, there's moments in this book where he's talking about death or hey you know I'm surprised I'm still here and. uh and just kind of these thoughts of life and 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 in the end of that, and you know he, how his ride has gone. Yeah. Uh, but if you, but if you take a look at Anthony Bourdain, like you know, we've all know what he looks like. We all know the shows that he's done. He's always looked like a somber kind of guy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, this the this book kind of gives an insight to some of that somberness. You, you know what I found odd about it. He's been married. He was married for years, but there's almost almost zero mention of his wife. In yeah, this we book. do find out Nancy. In fact, in fact, unless I completely miss it, I don't see anything that he talks about the marriage. He just has a wife all of a sudden. Yeah, and I'm like, huh? Like, wait a minute, did I miss when he gets married? And then later on, he names, oh, it's Nancy. Yeah, and I'm like, it's it's almost like a chapter's missing, or, or or the mention of the wedding is missing. I wonder if that's just an agreement they had that like, Hey, just don't, you know, you can do, mm-hmm. you tell your book, but like kind of keep our stuff private and separate from your, your professional life. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's possible. All right. So, uh, like I said, pr- parts of this had been previously, previously published in magazines and journals. And so he put probably them all together and then probably added some, wrote some more stuff to round it out. Uh, it's broken down into sections, appetizers. Uh, the first one, uh, and then it basically says like, hey, I'm, I'm going to give you the, the, you know, you guys all seen the cooking shows. I'm going to give you what really happens behind the scenes. And uh, I hope I don't get fired for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I guess when you write this, because it's just as it was first published in 2000, which which kind of kind of defeats the purpose of us reading it. Wasn't it supposed to be like 2004 when we... Uh, it was 2004, no? It says 2000 on the thing when it was first published. So I'm a little, I'm a little confused about that. But regardless... So he's already got you know knowledge, and I guess he's got fame already. He's got fame where he can he can do this now. Uh, so the first so after the appetizer, the next section of the book is called first course. Oh, but you forgot some of the okay, so, okay, so, so, oh, so go ahead, like, give so, me the details. Yeah. yeah so an appetizer, he's got some you know talks about how he graduated CIA when the CIA was uh, I say CIA with the Culinary Institutes of of. Uh, American, it's, it's it's a culinary school that you go to, but I guess he was there during the day when it was just starting, or it was like newer, and it was just a bunch of like it's like oh yeah, it's a bunch of pasty like white guys are coming here, and like I already have some knowledge because he was he was working prior, 
So it's like, so he kind of went in there with knowledge and he had an advantage over the other students. But some of like, some of the other, like, like some of the funny quotes were like, um, his naked contempt for vegetarians and, oh, ve- yeah. and, and, and even like the vegans, like the lactose intolerant. Because <laughs> <laughs> ultimately when you order that in a restaurant, you know, you can't really get you, you they're not going to, they don't want to change. They have a oh, system. Absolutely. Yeah, and especially so they make any like, changes. Yeah, especially because you know to be a vegan, strict vegan, you can't have your food mixed with the like you know. And they're like, huh? Like, you know, oh yeah, I'll give you veg, I'll give you a plate of vegetables, but all, all our equipment's touched other stuff already. You know, we can't. Uh, so yeah, so and then he also mentions this is where he mentions Admiral Lagasse is like as the Ewok, <laughs> like, and apparently he has contempt for him. And I would, <laughs> I assume that probably Admiral's probably said stuff about him in his books. I mean, I'm assuming this is uh, the thing. It's interesting because he talks about kind of his rogue lifestyle, and that's like, oh, yeah, the, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And, he, and he's basically a punk. He's like a, you know, and he, in fact, he does a lot pretty quick early on in his life. Yeah, he's a young he does. punk. He's a young punk, drug, you know, he's a drug addled punk. And, you know, and he's, but he's a chef. So, yeah, it, uh, but it's funny because, like, the whole Emerald thing's like, he's like, like Emerald, Emerald <laughs> won't have me on his show. Uh, it's funny, though, because he talks about his rogue way of cooking. And then later on in the book with one of the chapters, there's that the chapter on Brian, I think it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he talks, kind of jumping over the place. He talks about like how he almost, he's envious of Brian because oh, I think yeah. that's who he could have been had he had focus and determination and motivation on a singular goal to be the best chef in the world. Yeah. And because he's, he's saying like, hey, remember when I told you throughout the book, like, you should never do this, you should never do this, and you should never do it. Yeah, Brian yeah, does it. Like, wrong, <laughs> like, incorrect. Like. <laughs> so it's kind of, you know, he, he, I don't think he has regrets, but he knows he could have been more than what he, he, he is. Yeah, although he does, he does tell you his regrets, though, at the very end of the book, where the regrets aren't stuff that I did, it's that the way I treated people. That's like yeah. his regret. Uh, let's see. First course food is good. Um, and then it talks about his trip to Europe with his family and how he first encountered uh, a love for food and, and daring and risk taking. And basically that was parents didn't lead him, let him eat at a certain restaurant called the pyramid. And, and that he also found out that he's kind of scornful too. Like if you don't give him what he wants, this is what, what, what drives him. Like, I'm Well, if you, you're not going to let me eat the food, I'm going to become the chef and make food and I'm not going to give it to you now. Oh, for sure. Because then that Mal Carne comment, like I'm, I'm coming back. Like now that I have an education, I'm coming back. I'm gonna show all you guys like what, oh, yeah. what you're supposed to do. Yeah. So he does have that need to prove himself, um, but but he also has that sense, and he calls out like other younger people. But he also says, I think, admits that he had that sense of entitlement too, um, uh, when he was young. So going to Europe, having his first oyster, I think was a was one of his uh, better experiences in life. Oh yeah, that's, that's definitely yeah. That's yeah. The food, the long and often stupid self destructive chase for the next thing, whether it was drugs or sex, but all stem from this moment. Like the the <laughs> oyster, <laughs> like it was better than sex. <laughs> uh, of course, next uh, next one's next chapter's food is sex. Um, talks about his work in Provincetown. You know what's interesting? This is the other thing about, and this is when he talks about Brian. Like Brian's like actually like a working class guy. He had to learn everything, but he himself came from I guess like a wealthy family, like private school where he was wearing. Basically, it's like uh, he went to one of those like schools, like uh, the last movie we saw with Barton. Uh, he went to Barton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's like yeah, you know, I was, I was a spoiled, miserable, narcissist, self-destructive, and thoughtless young love. 
you know, yeah, barely he, he in need was, of an ass kicking. Yeah, he was Angus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> a tall, lanky kid, a uh, uh, privileged kid. He was. It's Angus. Angus is based yep. on Anthony Bourdain. That's yep. funny. And they basically they left him. His parents left him to his own device. Like you know, like hey, like get out. You know, go go. You know, we're here in, in Europe. Go and do what you want. And he would go and do what he. He go with the, you know with the with the with the fishermen and whatnot. Uh, so he starts working in a restaurant as a dishwasher because uh, he needed money. He was kind of mooching off of his friends. Yeah, it's called the Dreadnought, the place, and it's, it's kind of funny because it reminds me like of like the Pirates of the Caribbean. Like when he's <laughs> explaining it, like they're basically all pirates. <laughs> he has a brigade of pirates, and then yeah. he, then he really wants to be a chef. He, yeah, and they're not like happy them. Disneyland pirates. They're real. <laughs> they're like sexual drug addled. Uh, you know. Uh, food is pain is next. Uh, it just talks about you know earning his stripes and 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 being injured. Even at the end of the book, he talks about like all of the cuts he's had and and bruises, oh, and yeah, burns yeah, and yeah. scars. Yeah, yeah. Uh, inside the CIA, we talked about a little bit where uh, he gets his education and nineteen seventy five too. So, because I show you that you know, gosh, how old was he when he died at sixty one or sixty four? I think. I think it was 61, actually. So he wasn't, even though he's an older guy, he wasn't complete. He wasn't super old. Um, So, he, you know, having worked in a restaurant, he already had better preparation yeah. than classmates. And in fact, he even says, like, I would like to tell you that it was super hard to get into there. No, nope. Like, <laughs> uh, it's basically who I knew. Like, so I just, I just oh, yeah. It's, yeah. He's Angus. He's definitely Angus. Yeah. <laughs> like, it wasn't like, I want to tell you that it was a hardship. I struggled and had, no, it was easy. <laughs> And so, but you're right. It wasn't the CIA that we know now. It basically, basically easier to get oh, into yeah. than have the reputation. It, exactly. Now. Yeah. Nowadays, it's you know, it's obvious. It's going to be hard. and It's probably expensive. Back in the day, it was like, nah, nah, nah. nah. We're taking every, we're taking anybody. Uh, and I guess the culmination of your your coursework there is to do a shift in the E room. And I guess there's a guy there who's like a hard ass guy. Yeah. This is the Gordon Ramsay guy, like the the uh, the <laughs> chef Bernard. He's like Gordon. He's cussing at everybody, and like it's it's literally Ramsey. But for some reason, Bourdain's able to be successful in the E room. Yeah, and he likes and so it. The guy takes a liking. I actually impress him with my knowledge. <laughs> uh, and then after that, he returns back to the dreadnought, and uh, and and he starts. Uh, so he, then he uh, hooks up with Dimitri, who I guess he's had uh, uh, off and on uh, yeah. professional relationship with. Which is funny because at the end it talks about Dimitri and it's like he doesn't return my calls anymore. <laughs> it's, like, it's like we're like we're, we're friends, but now he doesn't talk to me now. Well, and I think the logic is like he's afraid I'm going to get him out of retirement. I'm like, like I'm going to bring him back. It's like the Godfather too. It's like oh, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. bring him back in or Godfather yeah. three. Yeah. Also early on too, we find out that that see because this is the weird thing. I thought that Anthony owned like restaurants. I guess mm -hmm. he's part owner. I guess of the 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 main one he has, like the what's it called the uh, the Hales one, Les, Les Hales. Oh, or yeah, yeah. But but he's more of a, he really is a chef as opposed to owner. And he says like I've worked at a couple of two star restaurants, and you would think he would be like three star, but I guess he's not though. And whereas Brian is three star. So. Yeah, and I think it goes back to that whole focus and motivation and 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 just being single minded. And I yeah. think he didn't have that, right? He was being, yeah. he bounces around a lot in this book from restaurant oh, to restaurant. Absolutely. He's everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I assume this might be a, a normalcy, even though he says, don't do this. You kind of want to put roots so it can go, it could be on your resume. 
you know, like there's a reason, like if you, if somebody looks at your resume and you're at 20 different places, like in two years, yeah, that's, it's talent. That's very telling. So he was good. I just don't think he saw, I don't think he was a big picture kind of guy as I think what, what the, what the issue was with him True. or in or game yeah. or what was the end game for him? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so him and Dimitri are doing personal gigs uh, as personal chefs on the side. And eventually they started up waking, making a bunch of money doing it. And then so as a result, they think they can go find a spot in New York now. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Second course, who cooks? <laughs> well, that's a funny one because, I, I mean, you know, he, he didn't say anything disparaging about uh, immigrants in, throughout this whole oh, book. No, no, no. Oh, oh, quite the, it's quite the opposite, in <laughs> fact. Yeah. Uh, and basically and so, he says, and this goes back to the class, I think, the CI class, where white guys will, like, they're, like, because it's kind of, like, they don't care. Whereas, like, the uh, Ecuadorians, the Mexicans, and uh, there's a couple of other uh, Hispanics, and he's like, they'll do everything they're told. Like they, they'll do it. And you know, in fact, in fact, if you need like, uh, like plumbing done, like, uh, like they'll go, they'll go, like any, anything that needs to be done. Like, they'll, whereas a white guy would be like, I ain't doing that. Right. And it's, it's like the whole thing about like privilege or even oh, yeah. like artistry. Like the, the, the white guy's gonna want to do his own thing. Yeah. Whereas the immigrants, they'll, they'll do exactly what you tell them to do, which is what you want for consistency. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, he talks about the mise en place, which which I arrogantly use a bunch of the time, and that's making sure all your prep work is done ahead of time and laid out where you can access oh, it. Oh yeah, and he tell he, he and, this, <laughs> and this is what I like about this. He tell he gives you like what you should have. These essentials, you know. Obviously, the knife is the number one. He talks about that later on, but like like you know, like the pepper here, this mm-hmm. and this. So it's, yeah, it's, it's it's very interesting. Uh, and then the three types: the artists, the exiles, and the mercenaries. <laughs> which is a pretty good uh, categorization for your kitchen staff. Um, from our kitchen to your table, I want some discount sushi. <laughs> sign me up, sign me up for that. No, no, you never eat at discount sushi. Like you never <laughs> eat discount sushi. Like that, that's very telling. Yeah. So this is the insider stuff that you probably, if you, if you have a weak stomach, this is probably not the one you want to, uh, this, you might want to skip this uh, chapter because he talks no, about yeah, this all is this. good though. See, this is, this is insightful. Even if you're not like, even if, if you're somebody who likes food, but you wonder, like never order fish on Monday. Like, yeah. Now, do you think now that when he wrote this, they changed policies like uh, places because they know like, oh, no, 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 no. Like we get our fish, fish fresh every day. We, like, like we read Anthony's book. Like we don't want to be. <laughs> that, no, I think still do business as usual. You we're, think we're so? Creatures of habit, man. Really? See, because after reading this, I'm following, I'm taking his advice. <laughs> uh, and so it tells you what to stay away from, like the oh, holiday Don't sauce. eat mussels. Don't eat mussels. <laughs> like, like, like <laughs> But he, but he also says that hey, you know what? It's part of the game. Eventually, you're going to eat something and you're going to get sick from true, it, and that's just true. part of oh, part of the that, challenge. That goes back to gosh, I'm not chapter is, I'm not sure we even put it marked it down. But that that goes back to like some like a white guy who sued them for parasites. Like he got like <laughs> food poisoning, so oh. he had everybody he had everybody do the test to see oh. like if everybody had the same. And the Hispanic guys, they were all had all kinds of parasites, but it didn't affect them <laughs> because they were used to it. Wasn't but he. There- wasn't there insinuation? Wasn't there insinuation of it had to do with his sexual preference? I think. No, 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 no. What the parasite another, thing was because they were being sued by this one white. It was one of the white like chefs or something like that, and he got parasites. And then he was like, you know, like we need to see if everybody's, getting, you know, like what dish it was. And it turns out that all the Hispanic guys, they all had the same like. No, they had they had 
a ton of different parasites. And it was like, but but it didn't affect them because their bodies were, were used to it. Wrote, Whereas this wrote. white guy wasn't used to it. So <laughs> kind of like me, like, you know, like when I got like salmonella, it was like kind of like a thing where I'm not used to it. So my body can't handle it. Um, the hollandaise is like a cesspool for bacteria. Don't, don't eat that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Can, don't eat that. Yeah. Cause they're saying they can't, they're not going to make it on the fly for you. So it's just sitting in a pot. Yeah, like bacteria a loves pot. hollandaise. What is hollandaise? I was like, cause I was seeing people uh, love it, but it's like, it's, and it's, if it's close to mayonnaise, I don't want it. It's close to mayonnaise with a raw egg in it, oh, and, about it. and lemon juice. Um, and so you gotta, you can't keep, you can't make, you can't do it hot. You can't, Make it hot because then it'll like uh, turn to egg, you know, cooked eggs. So you got to yeah. keep it at an appropriate temperature. Yeah, and the then bread gets the bread. Re- the, the bread gets reused. We know that. <laughs> We've known that, though, right? <laughs> but he does. He does. Yeah, he does put like a. Uh, let me let me put a disclaimer on this. If I see the guy like coughing into the bread basket, like I'm gonna pass on that. Uh, and then, and he says, "Hey, everyone does it. I don't have any problem with that, with reusing bread." Oh, I'll tell you what I saw. So I want you know I watch streamers like uh, I watch a lot of streamers and a lot of them are like eight or Asian Americans that go to Asian countries. Uh-huh. Gosh, and I don't want to get the Asian country wrong. So it was either it was one of the um, gosh, I want to say it was China, but they went to eat for eat a meal, and it was a lot of leafy stuff like a salad, and the salad was recycled in front of them. Like they didn't nice. eat it, like nobody ate it, but they recycled the salad. I'm like, oh, I don't know about that bread. Okay, but I don't know about salad. I don't know about that, man. Uh, so let's see. They're talking about like, Hey, if you order your meat raw, uh, well done, you're going to get like the oldest meat. Oh. We <laughs> and, and I, and I typically would do that. I want well done. Cause I want to, cause I don't want, cause in my mind, especially back in the day, I thought red meat means poison, even though I didn't realize that. No, and I, I just now, you know, ground mm-hmm. beef. Yeah. But on a, on steak, you want to kill the outside with the parasites. Are. They, they won't be in the inside. So I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. I didn't know that. Well, now if you're getting the well done, you're getting the, the yeah, steak you're getting that's the been worst around meat. the longest. You are getting the spoiled poison meat. <laughs> uh, oh, and, then, and then he does some obvious easy ones with the bathroom. If you see it, you can walk into a restaurant yeah. and the bathroom is, is awful. You, you, you're you literally, the, the you know, you think they care about the back. If the bathroom is bad and they can't, they can't fit clean that, the, the actual restaurant, not the, what do you call it? The, the cooking area is yeah. far harder to clean than a restaurant, than the restroom. So, <laughs> And then the, one of the things he says about this is funny, but, you know, besides hating the vegetarians. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. He says, hey, and let me tell you about, like, I won't even get started about blood. Like, just just know that there's a lot of it in that kitchen, like human, like human oh, blood. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, when speaking at the end with the, uh, we talks about all the cuts in his hands and stuff like yeah. that. So, so, yeah, it makes me wonder when he's doing a dish and he cuts himself, is he throwing the dish away or is he keeping, he's got to throw the dish away, right? I think he's suggesting that if there's blood that lands on your food, you, I, when you're doing the TV shows, they throw that out. But in real yeah. life, you're probably just going along. With now it. I'm imagining like if it's like a like a meat, like a steak or something, he's going to cook. I don't think it's it's a big deal. But if it's like a fresh dish, like a salad or something, that's yeah. kind of weird. <laughs> uh, and then he goes on to the whole with the whole vegetarian vegetarians and their Hezbollah like splinter faction, the <laughs> vegans. He really does not like them. Splinter faction. <laughs> Vegetarians are the enemy of everything good and decent in the human spirit. An affront to all I stand for, the, the pure enjoyment of food. He really does not like them. So they must hate him then. Well, it's funny because he's also mentions like, he also suggests that vegetarians have like weaker immune systems too. I oh, think, yeah, right? yeah. 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 <laughs> well, that, that goes back to the whole parasite thing. But that's not true because you can get parasites from like, especially leafy stuff. 
uh how to cook like the pros talks about what you need um he talks yeah, about that right off the that, bat and, and everybody knows this right the chef's knife is one of the most it's yeah. like it's like a sword it's like you gotta have the best possible sword yeah and he re- references that global i wonder if he got some oh, endorsement yeah. deal yeah. i i have that knife by the way a global really? uh, chef's knife yeah it's, uh, it's a japanese was it how much was that uh, i was i have gifted to me oh exactly yeah, those gotta, are like start off like 100 bucks at least so it's got to be plus that yeah, I got a full set. Every knife he's talking about, I got, except for the fillet, the fillet knife. Apparently, the Japanese make better knives than the Germans now. So, yeah, because he referenced like Westoff is like a piece of crap uh, knife. What, what else does he mention? He mentioned the um, yeah, Wustoffs, Wustoffs. They're supposed to be them. Yeah, and then I have the global, obviously, because it's a Japanese one. It basically tell you everything that you need. Uh, in the kitchen pots and and pans and uh, plastic bottles, a simple plastic. So you can do so you can make those those in, those designs like in the food. You can splash like two different like sauces on at one time. Uh, yeah, a metal ring because you want to like make like your the circular metal rings are are not even probably even probably different designs. And we saw this with Luca when he was doing like the uh, when he's making that dish in the uh, the prior episode of the bear, where it's like uh, you can put like things on top of each other and the, yeah, and stick together. Yeah, and make a and make a, a minty Snickers bar. Hey, there you go. <laughs> uh, owner syndrome and other medical anomalies. Anomalies. Um, it, 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 who would, after reading this book, who would want to own a restaurant? Like, what? What? I think, it, and I true, see the, all these true. restaurants failing on the on the Food Network. Or yeah, that's network. true. Yeah, and he gives like a percentage too of like how many fail and how many actually uh, survive. So it's yeah. Why would you do this? And you know, behind, and if you want to be a cook or work in or line cook or a chef or work behind the back, uh, back of the house, you know, it's chaotic. You know, you're on your feet six, seven, eight, ten 10 hours a day. It's got to be a, it's hot. It's super hot in there. It's jammed. People are yelling all the time. Like, it's not, it's not, I don't know. Why would anyone want to do that? Yeah. I have no idea. I mean, I can understand being wanting to be a chef, but the owner, that's a, that's a whole different thing. That's just throwing money away. I mean, ultimately, when you think about what it costs to maintain yep. the byproduct, and it's all dependent on people walking in the door. Yeah. Like, it all depends on how many people are going to walk in the door each day. Um, he starts introducing Bigfoot. And that's a new chapter. Next chapter we get that he, someone he met at the CIA. Um, it's almost and, like his friend and mentor. The the, the Bigfoot is he doesn't name him, but is he ultimately ever named like in reality? Like, do we know who Bigfoot is ultimately? Oh, I think you could do a search and find out who all these people are at this point. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, been yeah. out for 20 years. So true, true. Uh and basically he talked him talked to him about work ethic and taught him uh how to do business and, and profit margins and ordering product and <laughs> I like his description of him though. A cunning, manipulative, brilliant, mercurial, physical, intimidating, even terrifying, a bully, a yenta, a sadist, and a mensch. Like that was Bigfoot. Uh, third course. Um, let's see. I start. I start, It's funny. I start taking a bunch of notes, and as it goes on, and I start yeah, my third, notes get a little bit looser. Third course. I make my bones. Actually, he does this like several times, where it's like a different chap. It's like a what do you call it? There's the chapters, and then there's like the sub chapter and like the sub uh uh stories. So this is third course. I make my bones. And this is the Rainbow Room. Uh, I guess this is the, the insinuation is that this is run by the mob. Oh yeah. Several times. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, it even has like Frankie, yeah. like Frankie showing up at a restaurant at one point. Oh, that's right. And he's like singing. Mr. Sinatra comes in. <laughs> that's right. 
because uh, there's one point where in this in this chapter where they're doing they're, they're they're there's a shop steward position that people get to nominate and run for and vote for, and this Luis guy's been doing it forever, but oh yeah, he had this falling out with Luis earlier in the chapter, and so he runs for it and he wins it. And he's, the first thing he wants to do is read the contract, the employee, like, uh, the oh, yeah, I need, contract. I, need to, I need to see this. Yeah. The, uh, it's what is, what is that called? It's the, um, gosh, what do you call like the, the union type thing? Like, I want to see like what our, what our deal is like, yeah. like, you know what? It's best left, like unsolved, Mr. <laughs> Tony. Like, we, like, we think you best, we, it's better if you step down. You, 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 you better step down. <laughs> yeah. In fact, that's, in fact, this is the chapter with Frankie. So it's like. So then they basically say, insinuate, hey, you're poking around where you shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. Let's let- bring Luis back. Like Luis, <laughs> like Luis is back to he's the, he's he's gonna be the uh, the guy again. And he um, knew, like, yeah, okay, fine, like fine. Let's see the happy time next chapter. Just again, you know, kind of an- anecdotal um, of his ventures in the in the restaurant business. Um, chef of the future, man. So he was twenty. T- this is where. It- yeah, this he's very kind of not- young. This is happening very quick. Also, though, there are some chapters that skip like more present, and then they yeah. kind of go back. So it's kind of a little hard to tell when what's when is when. Exactly what I was going to say. It's not in chronological order for sure. Right. Exactly. So he's twenty-two years old in this one, in this uh, chapter. Um, it, he has this thing where they bring him in after they've just fired the chef. The, the original chef. And so he's going to come in here to try to fix things up. Um, he talks about uh, um, running this restaurant in the theater district. I guess these two, this, this, uh, this couple have a bunch of friends who, who say they host well. So they yeah. want to open up a restaurant. And of course that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And this is definitely during that time when everybody's getting drugged up and the punk oh, is yeah. coming out and you know, the the music disco, the music, you know, all that stuff, the parties are happening like club 52 type stuff. Cause it didn't even says like, it's like hardly a decision was made without drug pots. Quaaludes, my favorite. Like, I mean, I mean, you know, like a uh, quaaludes remind me of a uh, Scarface, uh, cocaine, LSD, si- psilocybin mushrooms, then he mentions the punk, a squadron of punk rocker junkie guitar heroes ate for free. So like so, and this is where he get, where he's getting he, what become his future like ma- music mainstay. And they talk about I know I, I don't know if this is a chapter he talks about where like everyone's basically hooking everybody up like the, oh absolutely for the, for, yeah for absolutely. the rock stars like hey we'll let you eat for free but then we're gonna get into the club and be able to watch we'll get to like the VIP exactly tickets. yeah you wash my back you wash my back I wash your back also I saw, it was Club Fifty Seven and Club Fifty Two. He talks about doing that with the bartenders too. Like for some reason, these bartenders will. So you got to be nice to the bartender because then you'll go into yeah. their, their next place and they'll hook you up. Yeah, the and then it, that's that's when he does like a little character study on the other other guys that that help you operate a business and the bartender, like because they also get information like from drunk like employees, like because people talk to them like uh, like psychology, you know, like a like a shrink, so they yeah. know all this stuff. Uh, apocalypse now, which is weird because. Man, gosh, it really is kind of explicit mafia stuff because they're they're like building guns in one of the in one of the rooms. I don't <laughs> I don't know if that's hyperbole or not. Uh, let's see, the wilderness years, uh, and that I guess that's just kind of like a blur to him, right? He didn't really talk about. It. He doesn't really talk too much about it, but it's, I guess it's probably like a rough patch in his life, drugs and yeah. stuff. You mentioned the silver shadow. Like, who's the silver shadow? Like, he keeps talking about. What I know about meat. What's going on? What is that one about? Just basically, uh, um, yeah. What is this chapter about? 
Well, let me see. Because I got the wilderness years. That... Oh, it's after the wilderness years. Okay, yeah. What... So what I know about meat, at some point, Tony gets married. Steakhouse owner at the end of the week. They basically tell him, like, what do you know about the meat? Oh, oh, it's the joke with the job interview. It's the anecdote. Okay, I got oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is a, this, yeah, with the, <laughs> the ending joke. What do you know about, like, what do you know about me? Yeah. <laughs> what, do you know, what do you know about me? So it's a, it's a, God, a pun intended. It's a cattle call for, for cooks. And so they're in, all the cooks are lined up at the bar drinking and they're waiting to be interviewed by the owner and, uh, and uh, like probably the, the manager. And so when uh, when Anthony goes and he interviews, he he's nailing every question. He, he hitting home runs out the park. Oh he's yeah, so easy. super confident. Yeah, barely an inconvenience. And so I guess the guy has like a thick accent. Uh, I think he's like Irish or Scottish. Is he so Irish? I think so. And so in a thick accent, he says, "What do you know about me?" Or at least that's what Anthony has heard. And yeah, so, he's hearing and- me. Like in his mind, he's seeing he's hearing me. Like me. Like, and this is a steakhouse, by the way. So that's, oh, the, other, the, way, that's yeah. the other context. Yeah, and I'm telling you, I'm sorry. What do you know about me? Like me? <laughs> and he's like, huh? <laughs> like, do I do I tell him the truth? Like, uh... and then so his answer is like, do I make up stuff about how he struggled in the restaurant business, or do I tell him the truth? What does he really want? So the answer to the question he perceives as, what do you know about me? His like, response I don't know is anything. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then the two guys start laughing for no reason and then basically in the interview uh in the in the interview and then yeah. as he's walking down the street thinking about what happened what went wrong he comes to the conclusion that the question was what do you know about meat yeah and so obviously it's an appropriate question for a steakhouse right because then he's supposed to talk about like all the meats that they cook there pretty funny anecdote yeah yeah uh, Pinot Noir Tuscan interlude. Um, so he, th- th- I think the the funniest thing for me about this, and we we see this in the Bear actually, is that man they they get a following of loyal uh, workers in the various restaurants that they work in, and then they just start poaching people left and right. <laughs> so he's going, you know, they're oh, trying to yeah, get, <laughs> yeah, they're trying to get this restaurant off the ground. So they're literally calling everybody, all their buddies up there, work at uh, various restaurants and getting them to quit like on the spot, take them work at this new uh, venture. And then I guess it gets back to the the boss and the boss is like, Hey, Hey, uh, Anthony, I hear that you're stealing workers from everybody. Um, and I guess the whole thing is like, Hey, it's okay to make enemies. It's, it's, it keeps you like, it keeps you on your toes to make enemies. Well, honestly, then that, the guy asked him that question about, do you have any enemies? He's like, he's like, yeah. Oh, that must mean that means you're important then. If you have enemies, that means you're important. Uh, let's see. Dessert, a day in the life. So, I mean, gosh, it just talks about what his day looks like. It's a nonstop, exhausting, um, you know, 12 to 14 hour day and making sure everything is running smoothly. I mean, it's a lot of stuff he, he has to take into consideration. Yeah. Also, this also this anecdote or this little story, this little thing, this is, I assume this is taking place now because when he mentions like, and he mentions like his musical taste where he likes the old school punk. But at the same time, he mentions that the younger, like the uh, the Mexican grill man, he he doesn't mind the punk that I'm playing because he likes Rob Zombie, Marilyn Manson, Rage Against the Machine. I'm like, wait a minute, that's like mid to like later like '90s. So this must this is happening during that time. So it's like so that so I'm assuming this he's 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 telling you what he likes, but what the other his workers like now. 
uh, sous chef talks about Stephen for a really long time. Oh yeah, basically he has buddy. a love affair with Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the level of discourse talks about all the lingo that you use in the kitchen and all the well, derogatory stuff. Stephen's closer to him than his wife. Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, no disrespect to my wife Nancy who Mandora, but it's just like you know this guy he's closer. Uh, yeah, level of discourse has all the slurs and what it means and. Yeah, they, yeah. What she does, which he, he will bring up later on too. You're right. Like, hey, if you can't handle that, don't be a chef. Oh yeah. Um, other bodies. So talk about the other staff that are that are important. The runners, the night porter, which is a job I would want. Oh um, really? The night porter? Because the, the light porter is a guy that just he's like the janitor guy comes in the inn and has to clean yeah, everything up, right? Yeah, I ain't doing that. And then the bartender. Um, Adam, real last name unknown. <laughs> this guy's basically like a sociopath, but he happens to make like the best bread ever. So like oh, everyone yeah, endures yeah, the best, like you don't <laughs> want him there. The guy's like the worst person possible, but his bread is divine. <laughs> and for some reason, people just keep on hiring him because they, they put up with all his antics because of that oh, bread. He's, bad. he's constantly suing like the, he's constantly suing, but his bread is so perfect that you, <laughs> you, you gotta, you need his bread. Oh, feed the feed the bitch. Is that what the, is that the one line he's saying when he calls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't quite sure what he was talking about. Like, and like, what, uh, what is what is the bitch? Uh, um, I couldn't. Well, quite... it's it, it's the dough. So so Anthony kind of talks about it, it like because um, the other guy Stephen doesn't want to do. It. He's like, tell him I'm tell him like uh, I'm not feeding the bitch. He's like, feed the bitch. Yeah, like... <laughs> and I guess and then so Anthony goes, I'll do it because if he's in that bad of shape, I don't want him at work anyway. So. Um, but I guess the the dough process they do like a maybe a multiple stage dough process where you have to you have to keep on giving it yeast and flour and water and kind of remix it together to to mm. have the yeast grow. I imagine it probably creates a doughier bread, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah. Regardless, this guy's making the best possible <laughs> bread, and you want it like you're like, oh man. Uh, the Department of Human Resources, you know, hiring and firing. Uh, and he he says like, hey man, I've, I've fired a lot of people in my life, and I think at oh, yeah. one at one restaurant, he's firing so many people, like he's like can't take it anymore. It's like I gotta quit. I can't I can't fi- keep on firing people. I don't feel yeah. good about it. Yeah, and this is also where I put it by note that this is the creepy chapter because it's basically it's almost like it's gonna come full circle because when we talk, that's where he talks about the guy where the the other guy fires him, and then he he makes a couple of phone calls and he hangs himself, and it's like it's almost it's like. You know, it's uh, what do you call it? Destiny's gonna come to him. Uh, coffee and a cigarette, the life of Brian, which we talk about. Like, I think that in in an ideal world, he wishes he was like Brian, who did everything right and became a very successful uh, uh, yeah. uh, chef. And he's a, and he's a three star guy too. So, uh, mission to Tokyo, kind of another anecdotal where he takes a trip to. Uh, I think he's running. He's running La Hollis, I think, and there's, they open a, a Tokyo La version Hollis of it. in, Jap- in Tokyo. Or it's a Japanese, ver- uh, uh, it's a new uh, uh, restaurant in, J- in Japan. So he, they want to send him over there to get kind of get them started on opening that restaurant. So you know, it's his, uh, it's his exploring the the uh, the city. Uh, and what this kind of, wouldn't this become like his program ultimately? Where you see him going around to places and like trying stuff? Wasn't that like Anthony yeah. Bourdain's show? Yep. Or yep. he wasn't he wasn't uh, him as a chef. It was him like trying food at different mm-hmm. places. Hearts Unknown, I believe is what that show's called. Oh, is that what it's called? Okay. I think so. 
so you want to be a chef and kind of goes through the whole thing of uh, this is, I mean, do you really want to be a chef? Because this is what it's going to take to be successful. A commencement address talks about the do's and do nots of being a chef. Be committed, learn Spanish, don't steal. Nothing out of the... Uh, yeah, always be on time, never make excuses or blame others, never call in sick, lazy, sloppy. In fact, I never call in sick. It's funny because he goes... Unless you're like you have like a like a ch sucking chest wound, like even if like somebody dies, like you know you're gonna have to bury them like another day. So that's so, you know lazy, sloppy, and slower bad. Be prepared to witness every variety of human folly and injustice. Assume oh, the worst. Shit. Try not to lie. Avoid restaurants where the owner's name is over the door. That's a that's funny, funny. That's yeah. an ego thing, right? Exactly. Think about the resume. Read, which you know, which makes sense. Make make a sense of humor about things. You'll need it. Um. Kitchen's closed. That's where he he talks about all of the injuries he's sustained and his the wear and tear in his body as he's getting older now. Yeah, that also uh, talks about his writing thing, where he's like writing anything is tre is a treason of sorts. And I and I kind of understand what he's talking about because when you write stuff out, you're it's not going to be hundred percent like you know of the actual event or what it looks like, how cool it really was. You just have to make it seem like it's cool, you know. So so that 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 does make sense when he when he writes that down. So I'm assuming you enjoyed this a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, yeah. Some of the chapters are a little slower. Like I don't really need to know about that character. You know, I do. I like his personal stuff that's happening. Like, and, you know, what's going on with him, and and the instructional stuff I like. Yeah, it is a little. It's disjointed for sure, um, mm -hmm. and it's anecdotal. Mm -hmm. And you're right. It goes back and forth between the personal relationships he has with the like the official cooking type stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know it's a, it's a quick read. It's an easy read. Yeah. Uh, and this is the second time I read it. I enjoyed it and enjoyed it again. Oh, okay. I think it's, it's gosh, I'm trying to think when I first read it, he probably was still alive. Mm. So, but I gotta, you know, again, reading it and knowing that he passed away and knowing that he, you know, committed suicide, it, it makes it a very somber, it makes it even more sad, I think, because you could see, you can see through reading it, he's probably, you know, I don't, I don't think he ex explicitly mentions like anxiety or depression, uh, but clearly there's some, there's some tones of depression going on through this. Oh yeah. 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 Did, did you know that those restaurants, those Las Hollas uh, restaurants all failed? Oh really? Are they cl all closed? I I, I know the two, the two American ones are closed. I think one of them's like a shrine now to him. Is it really? Yeah. Cause I was, cause, yeah. Cause I had looked it up the, I know, yeah, I believe the two here. I'm not sure about the one in the Japan one, Japanese one. Yeah, but inevitably restaurants close, though. I mean, there's, I mean, what, how many restaurants are, have been around for, you know, uh, 30, 40, 50 years? You know, there are not too many that of those. True. That's true. Yep. Uh, I guess that's a good segue to go into the bear, I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, Pop. This episode. Why is this episode called Pop. There was two, I was thinking of two reasons why this is called pop. One is the fireworks scene and two is uh, at the party they're drinking soda. So I was like, uh, it's gotta be one of those two, those two things. Uh, let's see. Opens up with Sid and Tina experimenting with stuff. Uh, Ibra, Ibra's lost. Cause remember he's, oh, he's done. He's, yeah. See, and Ibra reminds me of me. Once you fall, fall, get like into a funk and you can't keep up, it's hard to get back. You know, like it's hard to like recoup, at least for me. So I, I, I can relate to the Ebra character because he just can't. He's at a point where he can't do it. He just can't recoup. 
Uh, and so they're trying to uh, set up the stations, and they have they have it taped off of where the stations are going to be uh, in relation. And Carmen's trying to run through the station under five oh, minutes. Yeah. We need uh, to get five, five seconds. seconds here, like seven seconds, seven, like seven seconds. Uh, and then he, he he casually gives Tina his knife, and and she's like, well, "Like your knife, chef." Yeah. See, see, and gosh, it, it's kind of weird too. Like, this is a weird thing going on. Tina's obviously starting to excel now. In fact, this this part of this episode is, is Tina's episode. Mm-hmm. And she's starting to excel and everything's going right for it. it. Almost makes me wonder if the fall is coming, you know, uh-huh. like uh, because every too much stuff is going right for her at this point. Uh, they're still trying to get plumbing and electrical. Cicero makes an appearance on this. Yeah. We also find out a little bit about Sugar's character. I guess she's good at like manipulating, like especially. I mean, obviously, like obviously, Cicero, Cicero was known them since the beginning, so yeah. probably as a kid, she was probably like manipulative with him, and she's st- <laughs> and even as adult, she knows how to like wrap him around, and not, and it works. Like it works. Uh, let's see. Tina's using uh, Carmi's knife, and she's like masterful at it. And even the the teacher like stops by and says, "Oh, like good oh cook, yeah, chef. yeah." That, the, the constant like like constantly be told like, "Oh, you're doing you know you're doing good." You know, which is the opposite of Ibra, where he's just like, you know, fumbling. It's, it, you know, it's, you know, it, it hurts. Yeah, and I think he's quit at this point, right? Oh, no, he's quit. Yeah, class. he hasn't showed up for, yeah, it's been like, what, two weeks now or something like that? Yeah. So he's gone. He's gone. Uh, let's see. So Carmi calls Claire, and he has to drop off a permit for booze. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of, that's another weird scene, because when he's doing that scene, and at first I didn't understand what was going on, he tells Sid and Sid's like, "Oh, that's kind of shady." Like, so, I'm, so I'm not really quite sure what's going on with that license, like the uh, the booze license. Uh, so they're starting to connect. Uh, Tina gets invited out to classmates to for drinks. Yeah, uh, yeah. Rich is making that Van Halen joke, which I'm not. Yeah, I don't get. <laughs> reoccurring, like I'm in Van Halen. I I don't get that. I'm like, I don't get this joke. Mm. Like, uh, like yeah. I'm like, why does he keep saying I'm in Van Halen? Um. Let's see. They go to that stop off. At, Claire takes Carmi to that party because her friend just broke up with the guy, and so she has to console her and drags Carmi along. Party. It's like a high school party or college party, but they're like old now. Like everybody's like, what? Carmi's got to be what? How old is Carmi? You got to be thirties, late twenties, early thirties, probably. But they're acting like they're in co- high school and college, so it's like a weird party. Like, you know, it's well, like it's like so weird. I think there's a running joke where they mistake him for someone else. Yeah, yeah. I think Logan or something after, like, oh, Logan. And he, and he goes along with it. Oh, uh, let's see. And then, of course, Tina does the uh, before the next teardrop falls on oh, karaoke. Yeah. It's a good scene. And, of course, we know the song, so it's like, oh. Like, and then she, she and then we realize, see, this is what I'm saying. Everything's going right for her. She, go, she kind of reluctantly goes to the bar to meet up with the other students. And then she said she nails the song and everybody's like, Oh, Tina, like now she's like, she's yeah. cool now. And it's like, I'm, Oh, something's got to happen with Tina. Cause it's, she's having, t- everything's going way too much her way. And the other thing is that there's a big age gap, right? She's probably one of the oldest students True. in there. If not that the oldest correct. student there and the other ones are that in their twenties. And she has got to be in her late forties, early fifties. Maybe she has an old, she has older kids. So, you know, she's got like kids that are, the youngest is like, cause they showed him before. He's like kind of like a troubled kid, but they bring yeah. him to the restaurant. I think yeah. she's even an older one, like a daughter. So, yeah. uh, let's see. He takes Claire to the restaurant and man, all the fire, speaking of pop and fireworks, there's more bigger fireworks going on in the restaurant. Oh yeah. Than, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about the Claire character? I don't like her. I don't like her. I don't like her either. And I, and, I, and this is, it's a the whole weird thing where she keeps harping about like, 
why did you why did you throw away my number? And then she does this to Carmi uh, again. And then Carmi's like, oh, because I like you so much. And I'm like, what? That sounds like stupid. Like, what, what do you say that for? That there's, well, there's, there's, I feel like there's more reasons. I think she's kind of stalkerish in a way. Like, <laughs> and Carmi doesn't even remember that she sat behind him in creeper. high school. Like, yeah, it, because, it's, it's like, but we're learning that Carmi's super introverted too, though. True. I, and, and, and it's kind of weird since he's so hot. I'm the same way. I was <laughs> the same way in school. But I remember, I remember the girls who I was attracted to. You know, I, I can think about like certain like science class. I remember the girl that I was attracted to. Like, if I don't remember that that this girl be, sitting behind me, there's a reason why. You know, it's like I'm not attracted. Why would I all of a sudden be attracted to you? Like, like 20 years later or 15 years later, you know, whatever, 10 years. And like, I was, she's very stalkerish. I was an introvert too, but I guess what? If I looked like Carmi, I wouldn't have been so introverted. Yeah, but I've known I've known people like Carmi, good looking what? dudes like that. I gosh, I had a friend like that nah. who was like that blonde haired guy, blue eyes, really good looking. And he was like that word. Cause I remember at a party one time talking to him. He was high out of his mind, but he was like, We're outside, he was by himself. Everybody all every all the you know, Tony and all the all the all the rest of us are all inside messing around. And then he's outside by himself. And I'm like, hey, why aren't you inside? Like everybody, you know, like, and I was like, time, like, you know, any girl here, you can, you know, you can, you know, likes you. All these girls like you. He's like, oh, I don't care about that, man. It's like, you know, <laughs> and he's a stoner guy. He's good looking, but you realize, so what? Like, you know, people have the mentality of a person. Does it doesn't matter what you look like to some people? With the quote, uh, Cherry Valance, th- like things are rough all over, Pony. True. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You never know what's going on. That's true. Uh, yeah. And then they make out, and that's the episode. Yeah, I don't like her. I gotta admit, she's probably the one character <laughs> that I don't like. That uh, now I'm not saying that Carmen should hook up with Sid, but I don't like the Claire character. I think they should just give him. They should give him another care, another uh, woman. So I do want Carmen to hook up with Sid. So therefore, I can't like Claire's the enemy. Yeah, I'll uh, tell you one uh, thing: they are kind of setting it up that way too, because even Sid kind of looks jealous. Oh, like, uh, <laughs> isn't like a little notion when they first hey. mention Claire? I believe it's Sugar mentions Claire, and she's like, "Oh, he's with Claire," and he's like, "And she's like, huh?" Oh, <laughs> cat yeah. fight. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, like, yeah. And already we know that Sid doesn't really, Sid's not into uh, Marcus, so it right. does leave like a door open. Yeah, well, I mean, think about it. It's Carmi. Carmi's a legendary chef, and she's a chef. I mean, how would you not think? And he's, and, yeah, and but that he's, might backfire. And he's too. Hot that's, to like, that's like Anthony and Nancy, and like his wife, Nancy. <laughs> I don't think she's a chef. You might not want to oh. mix the two together. Uh, good episode for you? Yeah, it was good. I do see that the next one's over an hour long, though. Oh, like, uh-oh, uh-oh. Like, oh, no. Like, oh, no. The fish. Is it the fi- the, fi- the seven fish or whatever? I'm not sure, called. but I just saw over an hour, and I was like, uh-oh. Oh, boy. I'm going I'm to I'm warn you already. This is it's already it's like the, my least like, favorite episode of the season. Oh, man. And it's an hour, so it's not even like a... Uh, you'll probably like it, though. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, All right. What do we got like? Morrissey? That is correct. So the 20th anniversary of uh, You Are the Quarry, and I told you um, that co- this album was supposed to be performed at the, at the Honda Center last night and the Kia Forum tonight. However, those two shows have been canceled. Um, they will not happen. Wow. Due, quote, unquote, due to unforeseen, unforeseen. circumstances. <laughs> like Morrissey uh, doesn't want to do. He doesn't want to yeah. Is it well, ego? Or is it say? Is it lack of uh, you know, lack of say? It's a it's a, a lack of sales. I so mean, lack of sales probably honest. means that they can't pay for the venue. 
Like we can't pay for the, we can't afford the venue now. It's something, I don't know the economics behind it. So I'm not sure if the, the, the promoter cancels it. I don't know if Morrissey says I ain't doing singing to an empty house. I don't know who decides. Yeah, see, I want to believe that Morrissey's not ego, but come on. I mean, you know, everybody has an ego to a certain extent, even though they, they don't want to admit it. So I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, I, when I went to, I was thinking of going, I told the story. I couldn't get anyone to go with me. So I was looking at tickets and there were a lot of tickets available. Let me tell you, there were tickets in every section known to mankind. Um, they were doing a two for one even. I've never oh, seen yeah. a, I've never seen yeah. a two for one for a Morrissey concert. Yeah. Maybe yeah. like you might, you, the, might have to, you might have to go like to bars now. It might be time just sure. to go to, like the small venues, like a bar. Or or if he buries the hatchet with the Johnny Moore, that oh, would sell out oh. that would sell out a venue. Yeah, the Smiths would be a huge thing. Yeah, <laughs> the Smiths reunion would be uh, would be something everybody. Like it, it might be time now. Johnny's probably like like <laughs> now you need me, don't you? Oh, maybe, maybe. Um, this is a pretty solid album. It has a bunch of good songs on it. This album, this is the album that got me back into Morrissey. So yeah, I would say definitely for me, this is a this is the uh, this got me back. And so we're doing this as the twentieth anniversary release of this album. That is correct. I didn't do the expanded one. I just did the, the no, uh, no, no. The yeah, I'm not even releases. sure because I remember when I originally got this. I want to say I got this off a, a music service MP3 site, uh-huh. and I mean legally, a legal, legal site, not the, not the illegal, not Napster. No, no, not Napster. No, not, no, not no. Lime Metallica, Wire. Had, Lime Metallica Wire. had already ruined that. So, was, Lime, was LimeWire still up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, stuff like that, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, you could obviously you could always get MP3s, you know, for free. No, but I actually got this. The I actually paid for this and got the extended version. But I never understood, like, what was the point of the extended versions? All right, let's go through some of this stuff. Here. All right, uh, before we start, you're going to pop another pop our right, last year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, let's do that. Why don't I you got do the that? Equilibrium. I got Equilibrium's Starlight. Uh, it is a collab if you take a quick, a closer look at that. Oh, I think I see. Wait, what's the iris? It is. Uh, uh, I see Equilibrium. I don't see the other oh, one. Oh, which one are we doing? <laughs> Equilibrium. I got here. There's that look right in, right in, right underneath the, their logo. What do you see there? Oh, the trillium. Yes. What's wrong with you? Wow. Well, it's you big know, and it's bright in the center. It's big and it's a big flower. Yeah, the fl- the yeah, it's a flower, but it doesn't say trillium. I don't see trillium anywhere. Oh, is this trillium? <laughs> it does collab. look like the trillium flower. It's a collab. It's a trill. It's trillium. Like you? I think you're just making that up. But let me go get my glass <laughs> to see if it matches Shh. up. It's a tr- it's a collab. Although you're right, I'll see here. It's yeah, I don't stop trying to find their name. Uh, it's a, it's okay. just copyright infringement. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Why is that there? Like, no, ne- like our flower has like an extra leaf on it. <laughs> it's a collab with Trillium. What's wrong with you? All right. All right. What yeah. are the specs on this thing here? This is a double Indian Pale Ale. It's eight percent, and doesn't really say anything beyond that. That's why I'm saying I don't see Trillium's name on there. I don't even see like the uh, the type of hops in there. And this is Starlight. Starlight. Um, Sounds like a Halloween song, but okay. Yeah. You ready to go over there? You look like you're, oh, mm-hmm. you're, you're ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Hang on. Hang on there. Slow down there. All right. Here we go. Cheers. Rosette. Ooh. That is pineapple. There's loads yeah. of pineapple in that. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely different. Uh, they got a lot of foam, too. 
yeah. foam. It's opaque. Definitely a different um, different uh, taste profile. I'm gonna say these. This has nectar on in it. Oh, <laughs> this has pineapple on. <laughs> oh, that, I, I, I'm gonna bet money. This has nectar on. How do I find that out? Uh, you probably have to go to the website. It's fruity. It does definitely have a. a You're right. You the nail. Taste. It is very pineapple-y. All right, let's go over this album quickly. Take a second, take a nap. Uh, America is not the world is the opening cut here. Yes. You love this song, I bet. Yeah, it's a good song. I like it. Uh, you know, gosh, this album has a lot of, uh, what's that word that I use? A uh, hooky, it has a lot of hooky uh, sounds to it. It's a lot of um, uh, politics in this, uh, you, in this you album. Think so? It's very political. I don't know if I would say political. I would say more like his personal, like, I wouldn't say political. I would say no? it's his personal like feelings. Well, this is the well, yeah, but it's his political opinions. Yeah, it's, but I don't it's, know. Is that truly political? <laughs> this I mean, song I mean, is like, this like, song's about politics. Way, yeah, I, I don't know. Isn't this song about politics? Because then in the end of the song, he winds up smashing what everybody else is saying about America. Then he's like, "I love you." Yeah, it's like it's like the whole thing where it's like a love like, relationship. I love you. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't like, care. I love you. Out of our business, but you know, I do love you. <laughs> Just not too close. It's a good song. Yeah, I love this song. Interesting. You know, interesting on Spotify, it shows you like the, the amount of listens that people do. Uh huh. You would think these first two songs would be really huge. They're not. It's like the songs that I would I thought would be more popular are not popular. This this is probably the biggest uh, song off the the album. I think right. Irish Blood English. No. English no. Nope. Nope. This is the first of the gang to die, probably. That is that of, is number one. That is yeah. the most popular. I can song. see yeah. that because fast, it's upbeat, and also it mentions LA, and it, and you assume it's about like an Hispanic kid. Picture. This is a come on. This is about nationalism, no? Well, this see the great thing about this song is the placement. First, he's like a scathing, scathing, uh, anti-American thing, and then he comes back with a scathing English song. Like and a, then it's, it's like. And in the third cut, a state a scathing religious uh, point of view. It's all. It's all. It's again. It's all is like this, political. Is this really? But is this really an anti-religious? See, see, I'm gonna go against it. I believe this is just him. Like, kind of reminds me of uh, the Depeche Mode song. Like, uh, what's the one? The Blasphemous Rumors. Or like, like people like to blame God for like, like, why did you make me like this? You know, or you know, why is this happening? So you blame God because everybody else does it. I don't. I wouldn't say it's anti-religious per se. Great song, great tempo. Very hooky. I'm gonna say, like these, this album is very hooky. And then probably I think this appeared in my top ten. I was a good kid. I don't, I can't ever get sick of this song. Oh yeah, great song, great black and white video with him just walking around like a priest, priest caller. Now yeah, now, see, now, it's now anti-religion. That is, that is making a statement. <laughs> that's making a statement. The song, not so much, but the actual walking around with the collar. So it's the one where, like, I guess he's looking for love, and uh, and he hates people. And ironically, he doesn't want to touch anyone touching him. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I want to touch, but I don't want to touch. Like don't touch me. Like like I want to be normal and have like you know have you know, mess around with everybody, but I don't want you to touch me. Yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, typical Morrissey. A lot of feelings of isolation and uh, loneliness is only uh, Morrissey can do. Probably, probably my favorite song on the album. 
Come back to Camden. Yeah, this is a more subdued one. I think the problem with this song for me, this is why this is, I would, you know, it's like a lower, is I don't know what Camden is. I know it's, it's in England probably, but no idea where that's at. Uh, and then again, he's alone. That's a whole, lo- I guess it's a kind of a plea to a former lover perhaps, um, but he's he's alone and he's sad. <laughs> And then I, uh, bear in mind, we know nothing about you. Nobody ever knows anything about Morrissey's love life, so we assume that. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where, like, if you write a song, it's not necessarily the singer as a narrator. You can have a character. True, true. Although I will say that there is at least one song in here that I believe is completely about him. <laughs> the vanity. <laughs> Oh, that's the last song. I'm thinking. I'm that's assuming you're correct. That is correct. I love. See, I love that song. Two songs that are probably more obscure. I think. I think those are up there among my favorites on the album. Uh, I'm not sorry again. That's kind of a. That's probably him being Morrissey too, right? Like I don't care. The world is full of crashing boards. I think this one, this hit, I'm close to my top ten. I love this song. Yeah, I love this song too. In fact, I gosh, maybe like 2015, I got back into the World of Warcraft, and I named one of my characters Crashing Board. So obviously, <laughs> the song had like impact. Was it B O A R? Yeah, no, no, B no B O R E. Oh, they they been like the you made a pun like it's an the animal. Oh no 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 no! It was Crashing Boar. Uh, it's a good song because he talks about the crashing boars. And you think it's it, people in general, but it winds up being like it's like a it's like a rebuke of like famous people, and then he realizes like I'm not one of them. I, I take it back. I'm not one of them. <laughs> good song. Yeah. Another good song. I love this song. How can anyone anybody possibly know how I feel? And basically, hey, like, uh, it's again, it's like a self-deprecating, uh, yeah. to, to use his own yeah. phrase. And these lyrics, yeah, the lyrics do make sense, because right off the bat, he's all like, she told me she loved me, and that, which means she must be, like, uh, insane. <laughs> and then you realize, like, it's, it's about, like, being in love with insane people. Like, it's oh. like, oh, okay. Uh, it's basically saying, he, it almost seems like I'm a piece of S. Why would anyone want to be around exactly. me? And if you, you want to like, be uh, around me, then you're an yeah. idiot. And I've oft told I've oft told females the same thing. Like, are, are you crazy? Like, uh... <laughs> Yeah, I could, I could totally relate to this song. Great song. I've, I've listened to this album probably about 20 times this week to uh, oh, wow. to remember yeah. it. I probably got oh. about half a dozen times. I mean, bear in mind that, like I said, when I, when I initially got this, this got me back into uh, Morrissey. And I was listening to it a lot. Uh, first of the Gang to Die, as you said, the... Probably most, the most popular track on here. This I can see it though. It's a, it's it's up tempo. It's fast. You want to move? Very hooky song. Poor Hector's dead. <laughs> you are to hot. Poor Hector's dead, and everybody loved Hector. Yeah, he must have been like hot too. Like I'm imagining like that. Beautiful. Imagine the Blue Beetle guy. Like Hector's the the, the, the kid from the Blue Beetle. <laughs> I think more like the Fonz, <laughs> the fa- like Fonzie. <laughs> yeah, you're right though. I'm imagining like an Hispanic, like like the greaser guy, like the uh, you know, he's got like the laser mm-hmm. rockabilly type dude. Yeah, uh, perhaps uh, 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 Johnny Cade maybe. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's a very hooky song too. That the way the way the tempo goes. Da, na, 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 na. Yeah, I was watching some of these videos too. Uh, let me kiss you. It's another good. It's all like uh, <laughs> I get, this is the, this is the second most popular uh, track on her. Really? Yeah. You know, I I, I Morrissey does uh, such a good job of writing things that we all could relate to, and this is one of oh, those yeah. songs where people well, can relate mean, to. Uh, you gotta be in a certain mindset though to to relate to you know. I mean, a lot of his stuff is very depressive. So yeah, yeah I can relate to that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right, right, exactly. Resonates. <laughs> yeah, somebody else is like up tempo. They're gonna be like, huh? What is that? I have my own Morrissey playlist. I just uh, I tell Alexa to play it for me all the time. Yeah. Um. Th- but this one is sad in the fact that like he wants to su- he wants to kiss someone. And he he must think he's so repulsive. He's telling the other person that he's gonna kiss. Close your eyes and think of someone else. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I wow. see, I, I can relate to that. I can relate to that. That's a good one, man. Like I'm so heinous. Like like exterior, yeah, just physically, think, um, just, and just imagine inside. like uh the, like the the Alvis guy or the uh, or, or the guy from Acid Burn. <laughs> from, from Acid Burn? What you say? It, I mean, what's uh, Salt, Salt Burn? Burn. I mean, for Salt Burn. <laughs> oh yeah! Don't think of me. You don't keep close your eyes. You don't want to open your eyes. Yeah, yeah. Think of somebody beautiful. <laughs> think of somebody beautiful and positive. Don't think about me. Uh, I would say all the lazy dykes is probably the one throwaway song for me. Really, I like all the lazy mm-hmm. dykes. I actually like it. I'm not quite sure what the story's about. It's, maybe it's about coming out of the clouds and stop playing. I, I don't know. It might have a different metaphor. But I, I, I like the uh, the uh, the beat of the song. I had to read up on it because I don't know what the hell it meant. Uh, it's yeah, about a bar. It's about a, it's about a, a gay bar. Oh, okay. See, but I like the tempo, I like the in the uh, the sound of the song. Uh, I like you. What what is it? Was this another throwaway song for you? Or no? Yeah, this might probably. I would say this is probably the one that's the most throwaway, even more than the one you mentioned, Camden. Uh, and then you know I couldn't last, which I'm thinking that's the reflective. Uh, oh, this is him. This song is man. <laughs> this song, oddly enough, 2004. This song is prophetic in <laughs> in a lot of ways. The, 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 go over the lyrics, yeah. and it is so creepy. Like, cause he mentions mm. like your eyes see these t-shirts promos. God knows, you know I couldn't last. Simply say no. And then he mentions the teenagers who love you. And this is so true. Like they will wake up, yawn, and kill you. And that's and that's 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 one hundred percent true. Now, especially now mm-hmm. with social media, like yeah. one moment they love you, and the next moment they're t- they're calling for your death and cancellation. This is like so true. And then of course the line that you refer to uh, oh, I think last yeah. week, the ist and ism throw, yeah, throw every my way. Ist and ism throw my way to stay. <laughs> Nationalist, like, racist. Yeah, <laughs> this is 2004, so already it was already happening. Over the cancellation had already begun. But then that it, is pretty prophetic, huh? It, it's like yeah, this is not 2014. Our, our now this is back in the day. It was already happening already. That's crazy. I didn't think about that. That is pretty uh, prophetic. Yeah, this is definitely one of my favorite songs too. Just because like him talking about his own experience, <laughs> and then in the end, it's all like, "Hey, I like the luxury of the songs though, and the money. I like the the golden the royalties, the, golden <laughs> the royalties." Like it, then he mentions like the, it's like I don't even care like if like if like if it's if it's all pointless. Like just give me the money now. And this would carry on to his latest album where he talks about the uh, 
the uh well the next to the latest album where he, where he wants to sleep all day and like in my in my silk like like sheets and stuff like that <laughs> it's like it's like you know all he really wants is the money and like the comfort and that's uh the um 20 20 years man jeez yeah, I can't but like I said like, I I I I did debuted this album for Tony when he used to come down here I, I thought it was 2014 I stopped listening to Morrissey um probably after your arsenal which this predates Yeah yeah I, I agree I agree and then I had got Valhexel and I I think I'm one of the one of the music clubs and you're right Speedway is the final track on that but the problem with that is I can't get the Speedway because I'm not really into the other songs. <laughs> is that true? Is that true? Is that I, 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 I'm not kidding. Speedway is the last that. track on the album. And it's like that. before you can get the Speedway, it's like it's not a bad album, but it's not like it's not catchy like this album. What's on this uh, Vox Hall? What is, he say? Vo- is that like, Vox Hall? And the I? Hoxel and I? Like, <laughs> the Holla? <laughs> see, this is see, and you don't even know the tracks in the song, so that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's on the album, so that's what even even you have to admit. Yeah, I, Spring Hill Jim. I that's a quick fast. That's a quick skip for me on my playlist. Billy Bl- Bud's a quick skip on my playlist. Um, the more you don't hold on to your friend. Let me what are, let me let me just go through this real quick. Yeah, oh, and by the skip. way, by the way, this came out in '94, which is another anniversary. So, oh, really? Is that true? So it's a pro. It's a pro to play it. Is that true? Right, 1994, Valhoxel and I. Oh yeah, Billy Bud's a skip. Hold on to your friends is okay. The more you ignore me, this is probably the big song from the album. I think that got the most radio play. Hmm. Oh yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Oh, I love the I love this song. I think this might have made it to my top ten. Where's the chorus at? I am hated for loving you. Yeah, you're right. It is kind of uh Yeah, see, and I so you I can't get the speedway. Like it's a last track on there. Boy, lazy sunbathers. Oh, you're right. Okay, I, I stand corrected. I do love this song. I think this is my number one uh, Morrissey song. Is it weird how it's the last track though? Wouldn't you put this like as a first track? Well, you take a look. We talk. We talk about finding the the best yeah. uh, last tracks on albums as a show. Yeah, it's so weird. It's almost like it's like, yeah, you know, I'll just put it last. Did you see? Um, jeez, did you see? Um, the Masters of Air yet? What no, I have not. You mean featuring featuring the Gom and uh, Elvis? <laughs> the Gom. Wait a minute. Is it, wait a minute. The Gom's playing an American uh, pilot. Uh, I think so. Oh boy, here we go again. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's for Monday. Remember, gosh, I'm about to figure out Monday because I got to work late on Monday. Wait, anyway, we could do that that episode tomorrow night, maybe. Oh, geez, I don't know. <laughs> How long is it? is it? Is it an hour long show? I mean, you have to watch it like later on. Like, yeah, no? maybe. Wait, who Not has an Apple? Oh gosh, yeah. what's wrong with Apple? You don't like using uh, Apple? No, I don't know. Yeah, the app really annoys me. I don't know why. Oh, because it, because it it's not like intuitive like uh, some of the other apps. Masters of the Air, there it is right now. Is the whole is it uh, is it the whole series or is it a weekly? Oh, it's a series. Oh, yes. I thought it was oh, a movie. The first three episodes are out. 
Oh, wait a minute. Are we doing one episode or we're doing yeah. one, right? This one How episode, long is the one it's first a, It's an hour and two minutes. And I see I see oh, the gum right there. And the he's, gum. He, he's he's clothed. He's he's fully clothed. <laughs> he's fully clothed, no prosthetic. <laughs> like uh, he's not oh. doing the dance, like loneliness. Like he doesn't have a bottle of Dom in his hand and with the uh with the uh, the elk ears. I haven't heard any reviews on it, so uh, I don't even know if it's in it. And if it's supposed to be good or not, but oh, it says uh, new episodes every Friday, so the first three are out though. So okay. let's do the first one. See if you can okay. knock it out for tomorrow night. All right, I'll try. Probably, probably watching at two o'clock in the morning then. All right. Well, what about is there are there fights tonight? Oh gosh, I can't remember. Somebody in Discord, somebody in one of the discords I go to, they were talking about it. There might be a fight night. I'm not quite sure though. Um, see, nope. You lose. Good day. It's February third. Wow. Okay. Man, what am I gonna do tonight? Like uh, probably go to sleep early. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could, like you said, you can watch the Witch Macaw. Then I can watch oh, it like yeah. super late. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Anything All right. else? No. So we're so do Masters of Air for tomorrow if we can. Um, and then next week we do need a new book. Oh yeah, I'm at the, no, the Wheel of. Uh, the Should wheel I bring of, up the Wheel of Time? Yeah, bring it up. You know my rules: three to four hundred pages, somewhere in there. Here, let me uh, let me uh, share the screen so you can see it live. Although you don't have your glasses on, so yeah, I don't have my glasses. They can be cheating, like, oh, it's uh, so and so. Uh, can you see that? I mean, yeah. at least the image of it. Yeah, although it's funny because, like, you know, when I reposition your thing, it's the size of a postage stamp now. <laughs> Shoot. And I don't um, want to click on it and shut you completely close the thing. Random year generator from 1900, or should we go before that? That's fine. Okay, 1900 till now. Let's spin this guy here. Do, 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 do. It's going, it's going, it's going, and it's landing on 1987. It was 1987. Oh, okay. Okay, there's got to be some Stephen King in there. <laughs> like it. Oh. It like on? like two like a thousand pages. <laughs> uh, I don't know how you get stuck on that, man. I, don't, I honestly I don't, don't know how you get stuck. I on don't that. know. Like I told I told you my my uh was it not <laughs> hypothesis, but reasoning. See, my reasoning behind it masochism. Is, no, because I when so, when I tell people I don't like Stephen King, they'll be like, Hey, you never read his you never read that before. And I like to say, Yes, I have. Where you got the damn AI is listening? Uh, it's uh, it's the uh, it's from Stephen it's King Impossible. The 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 it auto pop what Stephen King book was published in 1987. Oh, no. it, it knows, it knows, <laughs> dude. He put out two two books. Was it is it one of them? Because I've checked, no, no. I mean, misery. Oh, which I didn't care for that movie. And the Tommy Knockers, which I don't even know what that is. Yeah, what is the Tommy Knockers? I can't remember. <laughs> Uh, let me see. I'm trying to look at this up. And we in 1987 literature. Let's try and do that. Um, Stephen King, like it knows. Let's, do I see anything in here that throws jumps out at me? Clive Barker, Weave World. Clive Barker. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Tom Clancy, Patriot Games. Oh. Um. I don't see anything jumping out at me. Stephen King, Misery. Uh, I don't know. You're gonna have to take a look at. Uh, you're gonna have to take yeah. a look at what was out there. Yeah, I would definitely will. 
most popular books number one. Oh, here we go. Most popular books published in 1987. Misery. Wow. Norwegian Wood. Oh, beloved. I want to read that. I know you won't watch that. Watchmen. I mean, you won't read that. Watchmen. The Watchmen? The yeah. actual graphic novel? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, Hatchet. Fried Green Tomatoes? They made a movie of that. Yeah, we saw, I saw the movie. Patriot Games, Sphere, Michael Crichton. Sphere. I've read that. I've read that. So, oh, Tommy Knockers, Watchers, Equal Rights, The Black Dahlia. Oh, I do like true crime. Um, okay, we're gonna. I'll take a look at this and give you some right. choices. I'm. I'm just gonna make a choice without what? your input. What you selected, Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll find something for us to take a look at. I'm gonna take a look too, just to make sure. Nah, I got it. <laughs> there, might be some, there might be some Michael Moorcock in there or something that what I need to, need to go back and read. Is that uh, what is that book he did? The Alric Saga. I think that actually came out a long time ago. That came out a lot pr way prior to that. Okay, anything else? No. All right. This is this has been Bevon. I'm Leonard. Yeah, I'm Gregory. Talk to you soon. Get out of here with the Speedway song. <laughs>